Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Congratulations. Your morning just got a bit classier. A media legend. A ferocious linebacker. A clueless producer. And you. Searching for a replacement window online? Visit windownation.com today. So raise a glass and act accordingly. This is Bishop and Laurenitis. All right, let's do the thing live on a Thursday edition. How you living, Threes? Oh, great, brother. How you doing, man? I'm glad. No snow day today. No snow day today. Snow came a little too late for you. A little too late, kids. <laughs> Folks, to cancel it. Cancel it on us. I had to pause and really, uh, We're not really think have about that. what I was going to say. Um, but yes. <laughs> yes. There's no, uh, yeah, there's no cancellation go to school. today over a couple flurries right. or what might yeah. come. That was the hard right. thing about the snowstorm a couple of days ago is that sure. you, you know when you cancel gymnastics at like 3 and there's no precipitation yet in life right. that it might start snowing at 310, you're like, come mm-hmm. on, what are we doing? What are we doing, people? But it's all right. It's all right. It Go Bucks. A, it, was the, it was the icy stuff that happened later, but that happened much further into yeah. the evening. I'm with you. They're Things were off. canceled. They're just they off. You would think that in the year 20, you know, 2021, they would be able to... Uh, predict the weather a little better just turns out no no they can't they i gotta can't. tell you uh dark skies failed me a little bit in the it last has. couple days absolutely they were way I off mean, on that, snow totals yeah they've been off on uh yeah yeah normally that thing is on it i mean they're uh-huh. on it and and you know you pay a premium or you did for the you know whenever you bought the app you paid a premium as apps yeah. go and what you expect out of that is to be better than the weather channel app which comes with the phone yeah so you know, well now you can do Weather Channel, you know, Plus or whatever. So, if you are a well, person that pays for Weather Channel Plus, I can't help you because I think what we've all yeah. learned is they really have no clue. You know, they're throwing, <laughs> they're throwing darts blindfolded, and every now and again they'll hit a bullseye. Yeah. Um, I always found think, it, fu- I always found it funny. Ahead. Real quick, like when I was in St. Louis, um, Steve Templeton, absolute legend. Nobody loved his job covering the weather more than Steve Templeton in St. Louis. He's all jacked um, up, yeah. You get a you get a severe weather alert, buddy, and it was like it's the Super Bowl. Let's it's, go. It's showtime. Let's, Let's go. go. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. A picture of Anthony yep. Schlegel on morning juice when yep. he was with us. Let's in get that it rolling. Kind of intensity for covering the weather. Yeah. And um but they used to have this thing like Missouri's number one forecast always within two degrees for the last. I'm like, get the hell out of here! Y'all Come always, on, you guys are changing it from the six a.m. to the four p.m. You haven't been within two degrees. You're lying. You're lying. There's no way. <laughs> do you think? Do you think we'll ever become? I swear, every time. I, I by by the way, speaking of, we got my dad back. Flew through Denver last night and was delayed uh, two hours and fifty eight minutes mm. um, on the connection back to How'd Great Falls. Go? So not not well, not well. Um, he he's a man of, of routine. He is a man who is in bed at ten o'clock Mountain Standard Time on yeah. the dot. Yeah, uh, only his entire life. And so any so now does this he was transfer a that time for you? Like, does he go midnight Eastern when he visits you, or does he, he go does 10? no 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 he goes ten because what he he'll some it'll sometimes slip. 
10 15 because i don't go to bed at 10 um but he um so that's usually what he does but he usually the transition works well because he's on an early flight going out coming out here so he's tired and so he can just slip right into it pretty quickly yeah so that i think that's kind of the win there um of how that works but anyway so he was home at midnight last night and i don't think he'll ever come in the winter again i mean oh i I bet he's fired up yeah you tell him like this doesn't happen very often you know um Although the weather they're getting out there does, I mean, it seems seems that there's pretty extreme weather heading out through we, you know Montana yeah, and Utah we, right now. We've had the 28. I mean, they had like they were like in they've had a week of 25, 28 below. I mean, that's kind of I been saw the yeah I saw a negative 30, 38 today yep. in some parts of Montana. <sighs> yeah, that's, that's cold. Intense. That's yeah, really that's cold. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's freeze your face off cold um, yeah. when the air temps there. So. Yeah, that's it. It's tough on the ponies too. Like you got to get out. You got to go break some ice out at, on the lakes and ponds, and um, so that they can drink. I mean, that's it's the way that it's got to go. It's funny people hear why don't, you don't put them in the stable. No, 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 don't, and don't for the cows either. Uh, we, they, they, my uncle does have little blankets for the cows that he puts on them. What to a keep job! Them warm on hey, the little guys, we're gonna. Now, how does he walk out there? Does he just put on big administer. snow boots or snowshoes, or what is he? Four wheeler, four wheeler. Yeah, or one of the, I, I tell think you what, I, almost, out there. I, I took the RTV out yesterday. Um, sure you did. I just wanted, I had to split some wood, and I'm trying to prepare for a sledding sesh this weekend to be able to light the fireplace inside. So there you go. The wood pieces need to be a little smaller oh than normal. Um, You've been waiting barn. for this a long time. This and is so, now, this is heated. You have the amenities in the barn. You've got snow. It's, it's, I mean, it's this, a could be, it's a this could be um, peak threes over the weekend. It's a win. Um but anyway, as I drove, for one, there was two decisions I had to make that were that were hard. Um, first off, did not come with a shovel. I'll put it this way. Sure. I have a shovel in the barn, but it, the walk to the barn is a solid 100 yards. So I'm not trying to walk to the barn, walk back with a shovel. That takes, right. it takes way too much time. So right. I get out of the car at the gate. Well, first decision was you either have to make really quick when you turn off the road. You really have to decide, am I going for it? Because if I... <laughs> Love because that. you know, because there's no plowing, I know exactly. Right, so the plowing exactly. is the plowing is is. Can we get up you know, there? And so, no. thankfully, um, I was driving the Navigator, and I had it. There's a deep, there's a deep snow kind of a Mode? setting on there. Yes, sure. Um, so I put it in that, and you have to decide real quick as traffic comes, you know, one way or the other. Okay, I think I can get through this plow, you know, remnants that they that they yep. piled up in the front of my my drive. So, boom, I I plow through there and then I have to stop my momentum at the gate. Problem was the snow was piled up and drifted high up on the gate. So I'm just using my feet and hands, you know, my snow boots trying to kick a path for this gate to slide open. Um, so then that sure happens are. and then it turns into okay, I have a little momentum, now just rev it. And how far do you want to go? Let it and, go. And don't get stuck in some of these snow drifts. So I ended up stopping Gosh. about halfway because there was a really big snow drift that I really felt was going to be the height of the underneath of the car and then i walked the rest of the way and i got out the rtv and i said you know what if this thing gets stuck it'll melt next week so i'm not really worried about it so i took it out and boy was that fun man there's that's awesome that was that was uh there were some areas where you felt i'm not sure i'm gonna keep going very very uh well but um you know it's like a there's nothing that your adrenaline up than just like i might get stuck and be really mad at myself but really it doesn't matter of many many days in my youth with the when you said the line can i make it 
Yeah. Because that's, so I, you, that's what you're I was wondering when I thought about your uncle. Warm, it's like, and you have to say to yourself, okay, this is if I don't get up there, this is going to be a long walk. And in those days, no cell phone. So it's not yeah. like I was going to call somebody to help me. Like, it was going to be a long right. walk home. Yeah. Um, so can I make it? Yeah, I, I feel like I got to get a run at this, though. We're yeah. going to want to run at this and, and yeah. really make sure that we have some momentum. That's a good job out of you. You're living yeah. your best life. And then, and then really, you know, it turns out to like, if I hadn't have made it, I would be really probably upset and voicing my displeasure at Lincoln um, and sure. auto, automotive and really it would have been my fault for, you know, sure. going for, but it doesn't matter. And the call like, to like Cersei have, would have been incredible. Would have it's just been one of the all-time calls. Like if you would have got stuck. <sighs> Like, Boy, would she have been, been the call, or would it have been... I don't think you could have. If, there's no way you could have called her. You would have had to call a buddy. There's I no way you have. could have called her well, here's the and, hard thing. and bring on that wrath. Yesterday, there's no chance. And here's the dumb thing got a newborn. I mean, you I can't do that. Well, there's no way. Here's the worst part. She would I had to pick up the girls yesterday, so it was oh, my God. duty to go get the girls. <laughs> and this is before I picked them up. So she's getting her hair done. You got a lot going on there, brother. And she had Remy. And so if I get stuck, it's a, uh, oh, hey, you gosh. have to get the girls. Hey, you have to leave your hair appointment early with the baby to get the girls across the street. I oh, really risked way, it. I'm I really stuck. didn't think that through. Yeah, by the way, I'm yeah, stuck. That was... stuck. Stuck where? Um, at the yeah. barn. Why are you at the barn? Well, I was going to chop some wood. See, and her response would be like, that had to be done today. You could have done oh, the dishes. Oh, that would have been a laundry that's, list. That's, yeah, that would have been the laundry oh, list. Oh, gosh. That would have been the, I have a whole to-do list for you here at home. Yeah. That could have been threes on a couch for a long time. I mean, a long time. It could have been that situation. No I escaped. Question. I escaped. You I did it. Good job out of you. Sometimes it. a man's got to live. Sometimes yeah. you got to take a deep breath and live, and I, pro- I applaud you for doing so. Do you know who Anthony Johnson is? Uh, well, I do now because of the rundown. Yeah. So this is pretty remarkable. You probably – you're saying, well, I don't know who Anthony Johnson is unless you're somebody who follows recruiting very, very closely. You wouldn't. I didn't tell yesterday. And then I saw this. So Anthony Johnson is a linebacker prospect out of Philadelphia. Yeah. Okay. He's a four-star linebacker out of Philadelphia. He's a top six player in the state of Pennsylvania. He is um, one of the one of the better linebacker prospects in all of America. And if you say, "Well, Bo, what are you what are you talking about? I, I mean, how's that possible? What do you what do you what do you mean by that? Who who who's who's on his? Who are the teams who have offered him? Can I interest you in Alabama?" Mm. Can I interest you in Auburn? Mm. Can I interest you in Arkansas? Because they they all offered. Yeah, they offer. They offered him. Uh, Boston College, among others, Nebraska, of course, an offer. Oh, Bo, but does he have an Ohio State offer? Yes, he does. Yes, he does have an Ohio State offer. But mm. he's from Pennsylvania. He must have a Penn State offer. Yep, Penn State offer. Pitt offer. You bet. Texas A and M. Yes, absolutely. Guess where he committed yesterday, kids. Mm. Guess where he committed yesterday? Mm, a top Rutgers. ten class, by the way, in America Rutgers. right now. You could just screenshot Greg it right Shiano. here. Don't care where it ends, but just screenshot it now. <laughs> so. Hey, oh, listen, man. This, if you are James Franklin, if you are Jim Harbaugh, if mm. you are mm. any of these programs up here, certainly this. My guess is. That, that this isn't somebody Ohio State was pursuing heavily. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. We've got an embarrassment of riches in the class. Um, this is not. This is of no concern of us. Yeah. It's a damn big concern if you are Penn State. Yeah. And it is a real shot across the bow for the Big Ten. And it is you, – you're Tennessee, 
and you're sitting here and you went Jeremy Pruitt, Josh Heupel, Greg Shano's been on the job for a little more than a year, was way out above his skis in year one and beat Michigan year one and was competitive week in and week out with nothing to play for in a sterile environment. And now he's getting four-star linebackers out of Philly who have Alabama offers. Now, there may be more to this, but frankly, I don't care. Right. This is a four-star linebacker going to Rutgers, man. Yep. Yep. That's a big deal. I mean, how about that? Right? That's I mean, a that, big that deal, is a coach. Massive deal. And it's it you felt like and here's the unique thing. So when I first saw it, right, when I first saw four star LB you know, commits to Rutgers, what's the first thing that popped into your head? Like if you didn't know where he was from at all, you thought, Oh, this gotta be a Jersey. Jersey kid. Yep, it's gotta be a Jersey. St. Bosco, John yep. Bosco, yep. prep, whatever. Yep. Yeah. It has to be one yep. of those schools. Rutgers prep. Yeah. Um to where Pick they, one. they kept him home. And, mm-hmm. you know, here it is. Because really the rest of their class is a bunch of three Jersey. stars. And it's Jersey, 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 Pickerington, Pick Central. Yeah. Um, yep. Then Jersey, Illinois, and PA. And when I saw PA and I saw Philadelphia, I, I did the exact same thing you just went through. Like, who will, who will, who will really offer this? Who offered this kid? Yeah, who offered this young man? And then you start going through it and you go, oh, oh, okay. Um and you're like, all right, well, that's that's very interesting. <laughs> so that's an attention getter, coach. Sure is, sure is. And I don't look. I, I, all I know is that there are some schools in the East that need to be careful because you never. The East is so competitive uh, below us. I'll say, um, mm-hmm. like no one. I don't think anyone's threatening us in the East. Correct. But you need to be careful. If you're Michigan State, you can fall to the basement of the East really fast. Oh. Like think, think about that program. You already lost the Rutgers this year. Don't blink. Don't blink. Because who has better proximity to East Coast talent? Unless Coach Tucker can get in here and, and get Ohio kids again. But there, there's a – better be careful. Coach Loxley, a lot of hype around his recruiting ability as well. Um I guess the sense I get after one year of Shiano at Rutgers versus Loxley is I feel like Shiano has the on-the-field culture buy-in, the keep chopping, the the attitude, the playing hard, all that, where Loxley can still win an offseason, but has he displayed it on the actual X's and O's on the field with his guys? It still feels like, and he describes it this way when you talk to him, every Saturday is Christmas morning. I don't know what I'm going to get. I don't know whether it's going to be Talia at Northwestern or Talia against Minnesota or, you know, mm-hmm. it's – that's your culture. That's the yep. program. You don't know what you're getting from Maryland. When you watch Maryland, you could see, oh, gosh, they could upset Texas, right? Mm-hmm. Or they could get absolutely smoked by Illinois. And you'd be like, what the hell? Just yep. You know, like there's no consistency. Um. Where Rutgers, you get a sense like these these cats are going to play their tail off every single week now under Greg, and to get a kid out of Philadelphia is is remarkable. Well, and it's it's a momentum thing, right? Of course, it's a momentum thing. And you mentioned right now it's it's absurdly early, and obviously we have the best class. And it, this has nothing to do with Ohio State. It's got nothing to do no. with Ohio State. Nothing. No. Uh, it's not about us. It's about below us, and it's about if if Shiano can can pick guys off occasionally 
from Penn State, who, by the way, is a good, they're, they're a top five class in the country right now in the 2020 class recruiting yep. rankings. Um, but you're going to have to hold on for dear life. And what happens with that class if all of a sudden Rutgers starts winning a little bit more on the field? Right. If you're Penn State, and the reason why it matters to us is that if you're Penn State, you can't afford to lose any battles to anybody else but Ohio State. And you have to start winning some battles in recruiting against You better Ohio beat State. us sometimes, right. yeah. So it's, you know, if you can, if you're going to foster the second best class in the Big Ten, and we have a, you know, on a one to ten scale, ten class, and you have a seven, and Rutgers starts picking them off to where now you're at a six instead of jumping up to an eight and getting closer. Like we're already going to have better talent than you. You can't afford to lose on anybody, not even to yeah. us. You're making up ground. We're not on even, you know, equal footing here. And I no. think that's that's the eye opener. Man, what would you have done at Tennessee? Those idiots would not just. Just kept their mouth, just just taking it <laughs> and just had it designed. I mean, like, just shut up and just oh, be thankful paint, of who you have. They had to paint their rock. They had to paint their rock. Yeah, paint yeah. their rock like a bunch of idiots. And yeah, then and they then went Pruitt Jeremy and, Pruitt and yeah. Heupel. Yeah. yeah. You don't think Shiana would have won there? Give me a break. You don't think he would have recruited there? Come on. Mm. Man, that was you, – you look back and you go – and wasn't that Clay who did all that? Wasn't he the one who started all that, who pushed all that? Yeah, probably. He was one of the guys who did it. I mean, he just – it's this is this it's 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 impressive. It's impressive. So that's a good yep. job out of Greg Schiano there, getting that uh, classic Rutgers rolling a little bit. Um, some good talent in that state. A lot to get to on the program. But we got we got sports games tonight to watch. We got the Jackets hosting Nashville. We'll hear from John Tortorella up next. Uh, in addition to that, the Buckeye basketball team. Penn State in a little bit of warm-up before the Michigan game. We get to all of that coming up. Do a little college football action, a little NFL as well. A lot of fun on the program today. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Your home of the Buckeyes, Jackets, NFL, Major League Baseball, and pretty much everything you can shake a stick at. What? It's a saying. The Fan. A show that knows its limitations. you will learn to control that. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan, and you need to get over to my friend Rich Newsom's place, Jermaine Toyota of Columbus, and take advantage of their amazing deal right now on their Tacoma 4x4, 259 per month, 39 months, no money down. Or if you want a car, which I don't know why you would, you look outside and see snow, but if you do, you get 188 per month with no money down. You have to qualify to get those amazing offers, so do what I did. Go say hi to Rich and his staff that are exceptional Unbelievable customer service. They're over at 5711 Scarborough Boulevard or online, germaintoyota.net. Jackets tonight against Nashville, 7 o'clock puck drop. Gosh, we need a dub, don't we? I mean, yeah. We need a dub. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, you do. Um, yeah. And you're, you, you've had, you got this stretch here, and this is – it's critical um, because of the amount of games played. You're sitting at 18 points right now. You're fifth in the central. Um, everybody's got games on hand on you. Um, you're, you're at home now for a little bit of stretch. You're integrating a lot of new faces. You're trying to get everybody playing the same way. You're trying to do it in a hurry. You're doing it with the stakes incredibly high. And you're doing it in empty barns. This isn't easy for anybody. Uh, and I think sometimes it's harder on the home team than the visiting team. But yeah, it's time to go. It's time to go. And, and it's, it's going to take, um, it's going to take everybody and that you need to have a little bit of momentum here over the next week or so when you look at this stretch of games at home. Um, and that starts, uh, with a couple of things, you need, certainly what, what's happened defend, in, in the defensive zone has been troubling. Uh, I thought you hit it spot on with we have maybe been over-reliant on our goaltenders. Uh, John Tortorella was asked on that. It'll be Elvis tonight, um, as you heard yesterday on Hockey and Hounds. But it was here's John Tortorella on how the goaltenders uh, have played 
and how they'll need to play the rest of the way. We lose 7-3, and everybody thinks the world's caving in. I think Corpy's played very well this year. There has been some some really crazy things going on with him as far as some of the goals that have been scored against him. I think he needs to play better the last game. I think we need another big save from him the last game when the game's still on the line. We, we give up four chances uh, in the second period. They score three goals. That, that, that's, that's not good. I don't care what the chances look like. Uh, we need to get a great save. But overall, uh, I think he's had a really good year. Elvis was uh, playing very well before uh, he got banged up. Everybody's involved. Everybody gives skin as far as where we are as a team right now, and, and that includes goaltendings. I feel like he trusts Corpy more than Elvis. Yeah. I think Clearly. Elvis right. is a little more uh, – well, he's a looser – Corpy's more predictable. What do, what do coaches a lot more they, – they like what they – I like what I know. I like what I know. I'm going to get out of a guy, right? I have an expectation. Yeah. I know what his bad games will look like, and I know what his elite games will look like. And somewhere where that rests in the middle, I'm comfortable with. Where Elvis is a rock star. Loose cannon, younger, you know, gets out of the net a bunch, plays. He, I think his highs are high and his lows have been low. He's young, just being young. And there's a – usually with coaches like Torts and their style, they're going to go with the comfortable – the comfortable pair of slippers, you know what? What makes me feel yep. good here? You know, the, my, my old reliable. Every coach is the same, aren't they, buddy? They are. They're they want to go to same. bed, and they want to. That was the one thing yeah. that I. Heck, that's the one thing as a player I tried to pride myself in. Yeah. From freshman year on, I want. I want. Never wanted Coach Fickle to ever worry about whether I was going to be prepared on a check, on a call, and a lot of it was just being forced to be back up to Bobby. I think the pure. The pure panic from the staff when Marcus tore his meniscus on the opening kickoff against Miami, Ohio, was we got this three-star kid out of Minnesota. We don't really know what the hell he is. Um, yeah. His dad was a wrestler, so that's cool, but I'm not sure we really know what he is as a football player. Right. Uh, we'll redshirt him. Marcus gets hurt, and then hold on. This skinny 33 is now back up to Carpenter. get a single digit. And they right, we won't even give him. We won't even give him his second option. You know, no. give it to John Kerr. Can't wear it. Um, Can't wear it. Fifty-two. No way. Did Marcus for, come in with one? Was he one from Jump yeah. Street? Yeah. Wow. So. Holy so. cow. Was he one from Jump Street? He was. I mean, he was all U.S. All, all American, Army All American. Right. So, no, I'm uh, sure he was one from Jump know, Street then. Big time. Huber Heights Wayne. No wonder that guy can recruit. Look how smooth that is. Just walking right into a single digit. Of course, yeah, just yeah. pure swag. Um, you know, he can, yeah. I remember he used to get so mad because he used to claim that all the number ones out there were for him, and I'd be like, oh, yeah. "BS, bro, that's a generic. Like, that's a generic version. That's not it's for you." I'm sure that was a fun conversation with uh, with Malcolm Jenkins with all the twos. Oh, buddy, yeah. Do you have yeah, any fun with was, that his senior year? Yeah, of course, Malcolm. I those aren't for you. Those aren't. Of course, for you. I those are my damn bro. It took you four years, and they won't even make a two. TP shows up. That's, that's crazy, bro. That's crazy. Um, yeah, you know, but I think there was a dead panic amongst the staff of like, they wouldn't say it publicly, but I think among Luke thing, I, I got to make sure that this, this kid is one play away. I'm like, you know how much stuff we did with Bob? Like, Bob used to be our, like, people forget, Bob was our third down nickel, like, DN, like, probably our best pass rush option. I believe he had, like, three or four sacks against Sparty. Um, Bob informing us that Marcus was 17 to start. Gosh, good call. For a year. He was on good it. Call. Bob's on it. Yeah. Of he's, course he's, he's on it. it. 17. Course, Bob still has practice so 17 for a year from and my freshman one. year, probably. He could, he could expose. <laughs> um, Bob kept everything. Um, but, you know, like we did everything with Bob, you know? Yep. And so 
there was no chance I was going to replace that. I mean, right. so it was kind of it was kind of like the, it was basically if Bob ever got hurt, it was going to be like a game plan wrecker, you know, like because the third down package was move move Robbie to D end and let him let him rush, and there was no I, I had none of that skill set, not as a freshman, and really not not ever I was not known as a pass rusher like Bob. It, so it, it, this look, this goes back to when you talk about what is known. And what you can, that's it, man. You think about, and there wasn't that much difference between Tress and Urban in this. You know, obviously they went about things very differently in terms of their personalities and their programs and all of that. But there's a reason that, that Urban ran JT Barrett at what felt like a thousand times in the four years he was here. Oh, fourth and one? Because he thought what he could get three, yeah. da- three yards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I trust him. I trust, I trust him with him. the ball. He yeah. won't fumble it. I'll get three yards. That's the yeah. deal. So... And that's, that's, I think, the way Tortorella feels. Now, he's got to get to the point where he doesn't, like, to me, he doesn't feel that way about much on this team. Yeah. Um, and, and certainly we're seeing it, uh, with, with Max Domi, and we'll hear from Torts on that coming up in the 11 o'clock hour, and we'll ask, uh, Jody about that as well coming up with a little bit of Shelly time. So, uh, it's a big stretch. It's a really big stretch for the Blue Jackets, and, and it starts tonight at home against Nashville. Uh, a big stretch for the Buckeye basketball team, and the, the danger, of looking past. I don't think it'll happen. Uh, they're in Happy Valley tonight. You can hear it right here on the fan. We'll get you set from that. You'll hear from Coach Holtman coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on the fan. Rothman and Ice, the hardest working radio show in the business. This may offend our other shows, but honestly, they're too lazy to care. Weekdays from noon to three. The fan. It's Bishop and Laurinaitis's What's Up? What's up, man? So Sponsored by your Central Ohio Honda dealers. All right, here's what's up on a Thursday edition. Buckeye basketball team back in action tonight, 8 o'clock at Penn State. It's a tough, it's, this is, I can, it's human nature, man. It's human nature. What are you staring down the barrel at? Mm. Michigan, Sunday, top five matchup. Yeah. Once, we haven't played an Ohio State Michigan game like this in a long time where both yeah. were good. Mm-hmm. So you probably got to go back to the Trey Burke Sullinger games. You know, yeah. that's almost a decade ago. Yeah, it makes make you want to feel old. That'll make you feel old. Um, but that, that's probably about how long you have to go back. And I don't even know if those Michigan teams they they weren't as highly regarded as these. They kind of came out of nowhere a little bit and made that run uh, to the national championship game. But but this one will have all of it. And it's it's human nature to go. Let's. I can't wait to play that game. But in between. You play an 8 o'clock game in, let's be honest, Happy Valley, the middle of nowhere, against a team that's usually pretty well coached, and while the wins aren't there, they're not always the easiest to play in a sterile environment at 8 o'clock in the middle of a snowstorm. This will test you, buddy. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. But so far what you have out of this team is you have a team that is locked in and their style of play the way they approach the process, I believe. I'm mm-hmm. not there at practice, but it would it would lead me to believe Seems that, that way. teams that operate this way without one superstar, right? This isn't a guy that you have a, one superstar and everyone's kind of flowing off of that. Amidst the pandemic, when there's no crowds, it's the teams that are handling the process. You know, like it's the day-to-day practicing, the handling of everything. Like this team hasn't had an issue, you know, with... with um, with with COVID and all that missing games or hitting your number and all that, right? So they're they're pushing forward with a mindset of I truly believe Coach Holtman when he says that they're focusing all in on Penn State because they understand they can't just they, you know we say just roll the ball out there and win. You can't just do that. That this team isn't no. that 
they're talented, but they're not that talented, right? To where they can just play loose or whatever. And there's a certain style that they understand and a buy-in that they understand has gotten them to this point. And they have to play that way to win against anybody in this conference. So mm-hmm. I don't expect that. And, and plus, ultimately, the leadership on the team will understand if you want to have a chance to beat Michigan, you have you, you want nothing better than to feel good about tonight's game, right? Feel good ramping up. Like you don't want to barely escape out of Happy Valley with a win and be like, "Oh man, we got some stuff. We got to work. We're gonna get blown out by if we play this." No, you want to really feel good. So it's even more reason to lock it in and to, and yeah. to really focus. Yeah, it is. And if if you want that game on Sunday to be special, I always feared the. I hated these games, um, and it was never from the Ohio State football perspective. It was from the opponent. Like yeah. you'd be staring. I. It seems like it happens all the time. Like it happened early in the season. You'd be looking. Boy, it'd be fun if Wisconsin could get here, and we could get a big game on campus. Two undefeated teams. It'd be awesome if if Purdue and you know whoever it is. It doesn't matter. Iowa, Nebraska, whatever. And then they'd lose the week before they played us, and right. then the juice comes off. Yeah. And you go, okay, well, this isn't eight o'clock anymore. Now it's, you know, it's, it's not the, it's not ABC prime time or you're trying to sell it and it's, you just can't. And so from our, everybody's perspective, what you want is a big game on Sunday with Michigan. And in order for that to really be the case, first you got to take care of Penn State. And Coach Holtman yeah. talked about that in terms of the respect he had for the Nittany Lions that his team will be laser focused on what they do tonight. I think it's our biggest challenge of the season in a lot of ways. Uh, we had obviously a, a very tough game with them last time out just a, a short few weeks ago, down eight late. Uh, they're really gifted. They're disruptive defensively, lead the league in, in turnover percentage. They're great on the glass. They're terrific offensively. And um, Jim's done a great, great job. They're they're well coached and play extremely hard. Yeah, they do. And, and so this will have all of it uh, tonight over in Happy Valley. It It is... You can't help but think about how special this stretch would be if you had fans. I hate doing that because we don't and we accept it. I just have tremendous respect for whether it's Ohio State basketball, NBA. I mean, those guys are pros. So it's a little different, like it's a job. But to bring, to bring as, as the morning show says, to bring the juice with nobody – yeah, it's, that's that's a different animal, and in college basketball especially, and we in football too. And you notice the difference when you you did you did Tennessee, you did the some NFL games with fans versus college games with none. And even if it's five thousand, you can feel it compared to nothing. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So the idea they're playing with yeah. nobody is crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's I tough. think that you know it's. I can't imagine the. The hollowness of all all of it, right, is is really the echoing in those big barns, right? Especially yeah. here at, at the shot uh, or Valley City, it's 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 got to be hard, you know. And in but but once you get once they got this momentum going, winning is still fun, right? Like you're putting all yeah. this effort in, winning is still fun. So you know, think about the teams that aren't winning. How hard it is and awkward and you know, but when you're winning, and, and you know you got this this, it's hard to define vibe about your team when you're on a roll. It really is. It's hard to put a, it's hard to kind of put a. a, a you know, we want to get analytical about all sports now, but it's really hard to put a, a stat to it when a team really starts to gel. And and some would say overachieve, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is the. 
that is the that that is the impressive thing is like once you get that flow going, and we used to get in hockey from time to time when I was in high school. Our team that ended up making a run the state, we had some talent, but um, you just you start feeling in a certain way to where there's a camaraderie on and off the mm-hmm. ice, and it's it's hard to really define, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and you're you're manufacturing it, so it's tough. And respect the guys who do it. Going to be a fun one tonight in Penn State, and it is for for our purposes. And Coach Holtman would never even acknowledge me saying anything this ridiculous. This is the operative. The main course is coming. It's coming on Sunday, but you got to yeah. get through this first. And and I think they will. I think they'll play very well tonight. Uh, we'll tell you where the Buckeyes sit in bracketology and some news coming from the NFL in terms of the salary cap and where it will be for next year and what could what that could mean going forward. Uh, we get to that coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Winners of the prestigious Platinum Microphone Award every year given to the best radio station in the world. Uh, no need to look it up. It's real. The Fan. Simultaneously passing the eye test, the smell test, and the ear test. Huge win. That's a big win. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. Big week for the Buckeye basketball team. Penn State tonight. Michigan, of course, on Sunday. We'll have some fun with that tomorrow on the program. In terms of where they are, pretty good spot. You pay attention to any of the bracketology. You're sitting there as a one seed. Uh, heading in, the very latest from Joe Lenardi came earlier in this week uh, and certainly has us as a one seed in the bracket. And that's about right. That's where you're going to be. And and we had uh, Mike DeCourcy on earlier in the week, and he said, look, you, you handle two out of the three of the big ones you have left, and you're going to be safe there right now uh, playing in, in what they're calling Region 4. Of course, there are no regions. Everybody's in Indianapolis. But yeah. um, a very appealing bracket. You just label them by hotels. You know, like if you're a one seed. You think they'll do it the like the NBA, one. like the one seeds get the JW Marriott and the Conrad? Yeah, absolutely should. Over there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No doubt. I that's what I would think you'd do. Yeah. Yeah, based on yeah. seating gets the best hotels. You don't get to, you don't, yeah, you don't get to stay home, you know, as far as your – and by home, I mean you don't get to stay, um, you know, in a, in a region closer to your fan base, right? So how else are you going to reward I never them? understood why they would – why they do that anyway. I mean, it was it's so absurd how drunk they are with money that they would send <laughs> – they would make like right. the one – say make Kentucky the, or somebody the one seat in the West. Yeah. Like why? Yeah, because you know. So for, you know, if, if they're the one, no, we're all number one seed. Let's just use Kentucky as an example, since they're not going to make the tournament. Um, but but if they were the overall number one team, you'd play them in the East or the South, and they would be able to play, you know, through Louisville or whatever. Yeah. Um, but if they're the fourth one, well, then no, we can't play them here. They got to go play in L.A. and yeah. Portland or Seattle, and it's like. How much sense does this make? You make right. a bunch of people fly all the way across the country just because mm. you can. I mean, yeah. it should have been more regionalized anyway. So anyway, because you can, um, yeah, because you can. Yeah, it, it really is a simple. Uh, what do you make of this? So last year, the 2020 NFL salary cap uh, was 198 million, is where it was, and it looks a lot of reporting going on today uh, that the cap will be about 180 in 2021. Mm. So that's a pretty big drop. And yeah. it's jail for a lot of teams. It might not be as big as some people thought it would be. Some people were thinking it could be even more significant. Um, but it is an $18 million drop, and this is after the cap has increased year after year after year. 
And this from Albert Breer here in the last 10 minutes. Uh, a couple of things to remember with this cap. The TV deals are getting done and has been expected would likely make the owners more flexible in borrowing from future years. So you can speak to what that means, obviously. And a major drop in the cap hurts a lot of people, veteran players, free agents. Um, my guess is what this would lead, and, and from a very amateur view, to a lot of short one-year deals is, is what will happen this year because they know that the new TV deals are going to be astronomical. Yeah, I mean, so this cap could yeah. go to two thirty in two years. Yeah, this is it's going to be very interesting to see free agency, not only from a team perspective, but you're right from individuals, right? Like if you have a guy, now you understand why Dak Prescott wants his deal to be shorter. Most of the time, um, and even if you're Dak's agent, do you want? It's, it's rumored that the Cowboys want five or six. He wants four. Sure. If you're him, why not do two? Do two. Do two. Um, if you're really Does confident Baker in yourself, Mayfield do that, right? If you're really confident in yourself, do the Kirk Cousins. Do you know? <laughs> just go on one year deals. Do the LeBron James. Qu- quarterback is the one position I believe the only you can one. do that because although there are injuries at QB, QB will always be always in high necessity. So I mean, even see how much Sam Bradford bumped around. Sam went to Philly and then to Minnesota, and these yeah. are all on you know one leg. And still was getting paid even after he got hurt. So there's a there's a sense that if you're a dude like if you're Dak Prescott and you got hurt again on a one year deal, somebody would give you a chance because no matter what, when you are a talented quarterback and you've displayed it, there's always a caveat of well, when healthy, but you know when healthy, and there's still that hope of like that was just a fluke, you know. Yeah. And I mean, look at Carson Wentz. There's the Eagles thought they were going to get a, a king's ransom for him, but there's still the Colts are still probably thinking to himself. Man, if we can keep him healthy, if we can get him back to being healthy, don't like, you think the, the the Colts are calling him out? Like they're not. They're, it's like the Eagles are trying to manufacture a first round pick for him, and no one wants to do it. Right? No one's budget. No one's giving yes. them a one. And now so you've gotten to the, be, and now you've gotten to the point where you can't. Yeah, you can't hold them any longer. So now you've gotten to the no, point where it's, it's become so public, it's done. Like there's no way going back. So yeah, that's that's where they're getting. That's where they're getting. Um, in trouble this sport is headed for now. I don't know if it's all going to happen this off season or not because I, this this cap thing is interesting for a year. Uh, but everybody knows what's coming with the NFL. Everybody yeah. knows these new television deals are going to be astronomical. There are people that will be bidding for these, and I don't know if necessarily it'll be Facebook, if it'll be Apple, and it'll be Amazon. But if it is, if it is that, and they're part of the packaging, that's a level of money that you that no one's talked about before. And the NFL yeah. delivering this season on time and with with the one sport where the ratings weren't they were fine. Everything else dropped. Yeah. Everything else dropped in ratings. Everything did except for the NFL. It hung tight. Super Bowl went down though, right? Super Bowl was yeah, a, little, a little lower. It did. And um, I, but I think which was I unique. also wonder it was a little unique. That was interesting. I I think some of that is Tampa Bay. Yeah. It's just not a that's not a team that is that ain't the Packers. Right? Yeah. Like if it, yeah. it would have been Packers, that's a little different. And I think there's a little bit of Brady fatigue too. You know, I think that's yeah. part of it. Like you've, of you've course seen there that. Is. I know plenty lot. of people who are, you know, I would say just kind of lay football fans, right? Just kind of, eh, yeah, I'll watch. And their whole view on it all was just I don't want Brady to win again. Uh, they, they, yeah. You know, they had no rooting interest. I just don't want Brady to win again. And so, yeah, yeah I think well, there, what is, else could there be, is some of that. You know what else could be a factor in, in Super Bowl ratings down is you really couldn't have much for Super Bowl parties. True. 
True. You know, I mean, it, you, yeah. you didn't have the ability and to have bars over and, and restaurants bars and, and all that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. So, I mean, I, th- I think all of that contributes. But, but week to week, the NFL was strong, and yeah. it's it's the one thing that is not DVRable. And if you if you're Amazon and you're going to start, you say, and they're already in the game, right? They're already yeah. streaming games live. And if you're yep. Amazon, and you say, you know what? I I think we'd like to be involved in that. And maybe you know, here's the crazy thing about Amazon. Wrap your head around this, buddy. They could very easily buy the entire NFL television model. Right. They could buy yeah, the whole could. league. Yeah. In terms of the television, they could they could have exclusive rights to the every game the NFL plays. They could yeah. do that. Now the NFL is old school owners, and they like the idea of being on CBS and NBC and ABC, Fox. Like they like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we're quite there yet. But that trump card is always out there for the NFL. If yeah. they want to get exclusive with Apple TV or Amazon or Facebook Live, they can do it, and they can open up a revenue stream the likes of which they've never seen. And all of right. those companies have enough cash to pay for it. What do you want? Straight cash? They're going to try to. Sh- they're going to try to strong arm the NFL. The NFL is going to try to strong arm these networks yes. for the dual for the dual stream. Dual I don't stream. think they give yeah. anyone. Exclusive rights. It's the dual. Like, oh, hey, you social. De- Amazon. I can see them strong arming Apple, Amazon, um, all these streaming networks and platforms to be like, hey, oh, Amazon, you want to dual stream streaming. sixteen wait yep. weeks, right? To hit a different market. You can see them making Amazon and Apple go back and forth to see who yeah. gets the the rights to that. But you're right; they're not leaving CBS, ESPN, mm-hmm. NBC. No, they still like it. They still like it too much, um, and they're old guys who will still watch those. That still view it through the network model. Yeah, it's important exactly. to them, right? So I, I, right. I don't think they're not ready for that yet. Uh, but, but it's out there. Uh, speaking of the cap and how it could impact teams, some stunning comments from Pittsburgh on Ben Roethlisberger. We get to that and what it could mean for the AFC North. Uh, plus, Ed Werder on what JJ Watt wants most and what does it mean for Cleveland. It's all coming up next. Listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on the Fan. Pushing the limit of how many times you can say the word thing in one show. That's the next thing. That is the next thing. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. I mean, it's kind of been an interesting decade for the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you think about, go back to the start of the 10s, and you've got the three Bs. Yep. All young, and you said, "Boy, if there's a challenger to New England at that time, that's it. That's the team. Um, they they kind of had everything that you wanted: a young offensive line that was growing with a, a quarterback who'd won two Super Bowls, dynamic talent on the edges, great running back, great defense. Ryan Shazier in the mix on that defense, and Cam Hayward, and all of that. And you said, "Boy, that you want to bet on anybody to win some Super Bowls over the course of that time? It would be Pittsburgh." And then they've had a very non-Pittsburgh decade, when you think about it. The the Bell and Brown stuff, the the way that they handled the, the Levy and Bell stuff, the way that they handled the Antonio Brown. By the way, you can't really blame him on Antonio Brown. Certainly worthy of being cut and, and, and all of those things. The Levy on Bell situation is a little different. And now, uh, and then of course, and you can't help what the, what happens with, with Ryan Shazier. I mean, that's just a freak accident that costs you a guy that you think, I think most people thought was going to be one of the most dynamic defensive players in the NFL over the last decade. So you can't, you can't control all of that. But here they sit at the end of it. And now they got a quarterback who's approaching 40, who two weeks ago, whose arm clearly was not the same, 
as the season went along and as the weather got colder, and that was pretty obvious. Who two weeks ago says, "Look, I'm I'll I'll pay for less." Not about the money. I'll play for less. Yep. And so Kevin Colbert, who's the GM of the Steelers, had a press conference yesterday and mm. talked about Big Ben's return. Have a listen mm. to this, Threes. As we sit here today, Ben is a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, he reiterated that to us, that he wants to continue to play. We told him, quite frankly, we have to look at this current situation. With Ben's current cap number, um, some adjustment will have to be made, and we're not negotiating as we sit here and answer this question. Hopefully, there's a way that we can try to figure out and do what's best for the organization and do what's best for Ben. But there's a lot of work that needs to be done, not only with Ben, but just with the whole unrestricted free agent class and our whole cap situation as well. And they are in cap jail. But when you hear him say that about Ben Roth, that sounds a lot like what your boy said about Jared Goff a month ago. That, that's exactly where I was going. Is that that's is that right. less need? Um, right. Jared Wait, Goff's what? a ram for now. Yeah. Oh, is he? Is he now? Yeah. Um, which, by the way, I got to call Les Snead. I got to give him a ring. Told me to give yeah. him a call. There you I gotta go. Call him. I got to call him. Maybe I can. Maybe I can uh, do it like a duo. Duo uh, job deal here. You know, got the got the Bishop and Laurenitis, and also L.A. Speak Ram back. Scout from Columbus. Um, it's <laughs> um, I think that happens. Work for the it's LA. very quick. I think if that, do the, yeah. that happens. <laughs> yeah. It's very quick for the, the Bo LA Bishop LA. show on the here on the fan. If that happens, I think that's a quick thing. I think you're moving to South <laughs> Southern California. I'm kidding. He always I'll be checks in. He, it's funny how like there are some relationships in football. Again, this is a, a lesson for all people, and I'll, I'll get back to the Ben stuff. Don't burn bridges when sometimes your natural instinct is to burn a bridge. Like when yeah. I got fired from the Rams. My natural gut instinct was forget everybody. Thank I'm, you. I'm, I'm yeah. How dare I? The the amount of times I wanted to tweet for all the time and effort I gave you when we were a crap. Yep. You know all all this stuff, right? To yep. where you take a breath, you realize it's business, and you move on. Um, to where I still have unbelievable relationships with Les Snead and with Kevin Demoff, who's their president. Um. When I was at the Browns game, Stan Kroenke comes up to me and says hello and asks how I'm doing and blah blah. You know, so there's just don't burn a don't burn a bridge for no reason for no reason over it's it's, it's business anyway. This is going to be really hard for the Steelers because again it's business uh-huh. and you have a legendary quarterback who has given you so much. And and you're right the the what ifs of the three Bs was all like what does this does this Steelers organization look like the 70s Steelers if Tom Brady isn't in New England you have to ask oh, yourself yeah. do they have that kind of dominance over the NFL well, they, if not for they wildly Tom Brady? underachieved i mean think of the things that worked for them because Brady yeah. went a long time between Super Bowls yeah. in New England i mean he's he's hogged them now the last 6 7 years yeah. he had a bunch early but there's They're a stretch right. where he didn't where Baltimore won one, the Colts right. won one, the Broncos yep. won one. You know, there yep. the we had the uh, the Seahawks won a Super Bowl. Like we, there was a stretch there where the the Patriots weren't winning Super Bowls, and Manning was coming to his end in New England. He gets hurt the one year, and then and then goes out to to Denver, and you would have said, boy, those Pittsburgh teams, what happened there? And to go from that to and and winning two Super Bowls in the two thousands to now going, we're in salary cap hell. We got a quarterback 
The general man saying this about Roethlisberger. Yep. Jeez, yep. man. Yep. And and by the way, buddy, there's no good path forward for them. And I'm not gonna yep. I'm not gonna cry for them. They got six rings, right? Yeah. Like they've had plenty of success. They're due to have a downturn. It's just something we haven't seen from them in 25 years a sustained downturn. And I'm not saying it's there. This is a team that won 11 games. I don't want to bury them, but right. they've got a lot of cap issues that they got to sort out in a short order of time. They do not have a future answer at quarterback. No, I don't believe it's on their roster. I don't believe it's Mason Rudolph. I don't believe it's Dwayne Haskins. And so you've got Roethlisberger who wants to play for less. You have to wonder how that plays in the room when the general manager says, Ben's a stealer for now. we got to look at all of this. This is The lasting image I had of them was after the Browns beat him in the wild card game was Roethlisberger and Pouncey sitting on that sideline, on that bench by themselves forever. Right. 45 minutes after the game. And it kind of, and now we know it was the end for Pouncey. Um, but Ben doesn't want to stop playing. He feels like he can still play. Now, com- compare this and what, what Colbert said to even the Saints with Breeze. Mm. That's not coming out of Sean Payton's mouth about Drew Breeze the last couple of years. Right. Nope. That's not coming out. Nope. And you have, now, does, did Sean Payton have the kind of, uh, you know, you know, Sean, he does not lack confidence. Um, does he think, regardless of what Drew was bringing out there, could I, you know, could I essentially, um, make it work? Right. Sure. I think there's some of that with Sean where I, I don't, you just would the hard never thing hear too. him say it, a sentence like no, that about, about no, Drew Brees, even no, if Drew Brees had lost it, no. even if they needed him to restructure, you no. just wouldn't hear it. You just wouldn't hear it. And quite frankly, you're not used to hearing it from the Steelers organization in general. No, um, so not it's, how they it, do business. They are in a very unique situation with this with this one here, and I, I just feel like they are. They're. I feel like we've seen the last of Ben there, and then then the next question is: If you've seen the last of Ben there, is it the last of Ben? Period. He looked like a guy at the end who just didn't have the fastball. Well, of course he did. He looked at, and, and you, you could, called it. You could, you could sense what the game frustration. Did you do of theirs? Didn't you do a day, game of theirs? What was that against Tennessee? Maybe where did you do, didn't you do one of their games uh, last maybe. year? No, I did Bills. I, I did Bills Titans. It was two years ago. Okay. But, but but last year I was ago, wa- yeah. but last year I was watching and I was just saying like look at him rubbing his elbow. Yeah, this is like middle of the season, and he had some you know trainer giving him a deep tissue massage of the elbow. You know, and right. you're like well. That's interesting. It doesn't just have the he doesn't have the pitcher in between innings heat pack on it. He had a guy working on it. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was it was interesting and telling, and it turns out that it, you know as it, it got colder outside, yeah, it it becomes a bigger issue. And it now it lays the groundwork now for as as here we sit in the middle of February. And you say to yourself, last year going into the season, I thought the AFC North was the second toughest division of football behind the NFC West. Yeah. And going into 2021 and going into this offseason, you look at this, you look at this AFC North and you go, if Andrew Barry with cap space can do 80% of what he did last year offseason in Cleveland mm-hmm. to the defensive side of the ball, they're the clear favorite. Because There's Baltimore's got some things yeah. they got to sort out. 
they got some things they got to sort out. Now, all of a sudden, they're going to have to trade a tackle, demands a trade. Um, there is a feeling that there's only so much that they can do with the offense the way that they're playing it. you got a little bit of discord between Lamar and offensive coordinator. You have that stuff you got to sort out. Now, they beat Cleveland in Cleveland last time they played them, and they whipped them in Baltimore. So that's real, and that's something you got to get over. Um, but Cleveland's situation and their ability to improve and to move into an echelon with Buffalo – as yeah. primary contender for Kansas City, to me looks very real. Yeah, it looks very real if they have an off season, and they look to me like they would be the clear favorite. And now you say to yourself, Baltimore's going to be right there. Does Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh never done this? Are they going to rebuild? Right. What is, when's I the mean, last Juju's time they had gone? The actual rebuild. Right. They have. It's been a long time. I mean, they've always been able to just kind of keep it moving. Going back. To, from from Neil O'Donnell when they made the Super Bowl in the mid nineties uh, through Neil Cordell Stewart, O'Donnell. what yeah. a what a oh yeah Gosh, to Cordell Stewart. Remember Slash? Remember all that? Oh, and man. then they got into and then they got Tommy Maddox. They you know he came yeah. in and played a little well, and then they stumbled on Roethlisberger, and yeah. that's what it's been for twenty years. Um, but they they don't have that now. They don't have it, and they've got real issues from a cap standpoint in terms of signing their own guys. And and then you say to yourself, I really like Cincinnati, and if Burrow doesn't shred his knee, I'd feel even better about them. But mm. they have a chance to really improve this season. This division could get flipped on its head here in the next couple of years. It really could. I mean, you, you start to think about the – so there's there's two kind of things, two thoughts that I kind of sit with right now is one is it's the Steelers, they'll figure it out. Yeah. But the other part of me is like, it, it, look, this is a new era. Like it's yeah. easy to figure it out when you've had the QB. Now you don't have the QB, and you don't really have. It'd be different if you had the world class defense all coming back together healthy, regardless of the QB. Like okay, but you you lump up the the fact that Bud Dupree's a free agent coming off injury. Yep. You have cap issues, so it's not just Ben. It's it's the roster in general. You're going to have to make hard decisions on certain guys to let go, um, and some of your big leadership is older. Ben could be moving on. How many years does Cam Hayward have left to be truly effective? You know, Villanueva, Pouncey, yeah, you so replace like, two fifths of your offensive line. Yeah, so you're, it's a the wave of guys that were you almost felt like it was like a hey, let's run it back. Two teams you felt like really were like hey, let's run it back and we have a chance. The Steelers all off season last year was like well, once Ben's back, if he can be any semblance of what he was, this team is a we're a good. real contender for the Chiefs, and it looked that way early. Um, and then yeah, you know, things fell apart. Same thing with New Orleans. They all run it yep. back. Don't worry about the cap for the next year. Both these teams operated that way. We'll make one more swing at it, and they both missed. Yep. And so now you have two organizations where you're like, man, all right, we'll see what it looks like. Here's the here's the deal here. That's that's for Pittsburgh, and this is for the AFC North from the Browns' perspective, the Bengals, whoever fan you are, AFC perspective, Colts fan, whatever. Even if Pittsburgh brings it back with him and tries to run it back. It's a band-aid on a hemorrhage. It's it's a short term and now we gotta deal with it. Now we gotta deal with it. Yeah. Now do they have a plan like Sean Payton did? At least he's got a couple of quarterbacks he can work with and whatever you think of those two guys, you know, fine. Um, but that's where they're at. So even if they if they put it on and try to make another run, but you do they Mason have Rudolph's best game was week seventeen against the Browns. Right. There's I, hope. They just still love him. I don't There's know. There's optimism. I don't <laughs> 
don't, I don't see it. Um, and you couple that with the Browns' ability to improve, and Ed Werder with some comments on what J.J. Watt could want in free agency, and do the Browns check all the boxes? Uh, we'll get you a Watt update coming up next. Listen to Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. If you miss a Buckeye game, it's because your radio is in tune to the right place. Always and forever, your home for the Buckeyes. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Top shelf conversation from top shelf gentlemen. That's a pretty emphatic situation. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. And if you have water like I did that's hard and leaves white chalky deposits on your faucets or maybe smells like chlorine, you can do something about it. My buddy T-Bone told me about Connecticut Water Systems, so I looked into them, went to their website, ConnecticutColumbus.com, and saw that they actually will come out and test your water for free, and then they'll give you a recommendation on a system specifically for your home and your poor water. See how you can take advantage of that kind of service at ConnecticutColumbus.com. It's a good job right there. You try to you put yourself in the position of 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 guys, you say, Well, what do you want? And you can go through a checklist. You can say, Well, if you're JJ Watt, what do you want? But the reality is is there's always one box that you have to leave unchecked, and that is what's in a man's heart. Right? I mean, that's what you don't know. You don't know what the motivation is. He may want to go play with Tom Brady. And, and go chase it and play for nothing, play for three million bucks. He may want to go to Los Angeles and, and try to be the next Howie Long. And that's an easier way to do that, right? So mm-hmm. that's the thing you don't know is, is what's in a man's heart. But Ed Werder apparently does know what's in a man's heart. And Ed's a guy who I would trust with his information in terms of what, what JJ Watt would want. And he tweeted yesterday, J.J. Watts wants. And what it comes down to are three things, according to Ed Werder. His priority is winning the Super Bowl. And so what he wants is a quarterback, a supporting personnel, and money. Money being third eliminates a lot of teams. Unless he's willing to pay. But he's not, if it's third, then he's not willing to pay for $2 bucks, Right? Mm-hmm. So he's made about $100 million in his career um, on the field. Yeah, let alone off field where he's done a lot of endorsements. Um, so he's financially he's in a nice spot, but he's still in the prime earning years of his life. And when you're used to making fifteen, making two is a little bit different. Now all of a sudden, what you're getting per game, what you're getting for the whole year is what you used to get per game. Yep. So that's a that's big. That's a hard thing for anybody to wrap their head around. So you say to yourself, all right, who are the teams that check those boxes that would have an interest? Quarterback. I would think the Green Bay Packers would check that box most. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, Green Bay, do they have the money? Do the Packers have the money? Because I think well, they're over the cap. Um, but you're right. Let me check. I'll pull Q- this up as you're, as QB, you're talking. But the quarterback Packers, would check it. Yes. The quarterback would check, would would certainly yeah. cross that. Yeah. The um, another team that would have and that, it's a scheme uh, fit. Yes. Even though it's not a, he like says home. personnel, but it's a it's a scheme fit for him as well. Like I was thinking, Packers like, got a little bit of cap trouble. They got some cap yeah. trouble. They got some yeah. decisions they'd have to make. Right, and that's why I think it's now Preston Smith did not have a good year, but I don't know yeah. what his guarantee is. 
right? Because I know that when they signed the Smith brothers the same year in free agency, I remember everyone being like, holy smokes, Packers are loading up on pass rushers. Um, but I don't, so I don't know. I felt, it feels like two, three years ago. So he might still be in a guarantee. If he's not, he could be a, a casualty of it if you wanted to go get Watt and you thought Watt was a better option than Preston Smith. But he had a slow start uh, mm-hmm. to his season. I remember doing his game and seeing his lack of production and how even their D coordinator was saying um, that they really felt that they needed to get Rashawn Gary more more opportunities because of how Preston wasn't wasn't getting it done. Um, so that that Packers stick out. Um, anytime you hear quarterback and Super Bowl, who else sticks out? Um, Pat Brady. Mahomes, Brady, Mahomes. But I do not see J.J. Watt fitting at all in a Steve Spagnola system. No way. No, there's just no. That's a true four three. That's a yeah. true, you need two rush ends, two to D tackles, and there's a whole lot of blitzing. And J.J. is a, um, you know, I think he could be a great pass rusher in the inside as a three or a four eye, but he is, he's just a different, you know what I mean? He's a three, four end that is, he can work on the outside, but he's not, like when you think of a Steve Spagnola D end, it's Robert Quinn, it's mm-hmm. Frank Clark, it's um, uh, Osiyu Manura, right? These are That's a certain body type. In that yep. NASCAR uh, package, but uh, yeah, I think man. Well, here you go, buddy. Let's so let's let's eliminate a bunch of teams. So quarterback, supporting cast. So Cleveland has cap space. To me, it would just be a matter of do you believe in Baker Mayfield? Right. right. If you believe in Baker Mayfield, then Cleveland is certainly would have the cap space. Certainly would have a, a roster that feels like it's really close. And and do you believe in the cap space? You can make a call to Joe Thomas. Go, would I like it? Joe could tell him, yeah, I loved it. I think you'd love it. Um, and especially now that they're winning. And oh yeah, I can play opposite Miles Garrett. That's pretty appealing. So the question is, do you trust Baker? Here are the teams with cap space. That and then and then use that first one, quarterback, right? So yeah. Jacksonville Colts, Jets, Patriots, Bengals, football team, Broncos, Dolphins, Chargers. They have the most cap space. The Browns are 10th. All those teams have 33 million plus in cap space. None of those are in the mix. None of those check the boxes. I don't think Baltimore checks the box. They got 28 million in cap space. To me, that doesn't seem like a fit. Tampa Bay's got 27 million. Mm. So that's that potential, but they don't need it. They, they got their own guys. Right. They got Shaq Barrett that I'm sure they want to resign who's a free agent. Right. Dallas Cowboys, $27 million. That would certainly be something that would appeal to Jerry. It would appear to, it would appeal to Jerry. Um, I just don't I don't see the fit. I don't see the fit from the standpoint of Dak coming off injury. Like, he wants to win now. Not like in a year or two, but like, are, are the yeah. Cowboys win now? I that's, that's, probably, I that's probably a hotly debated, right? Because it's it's hard to really judge how bad their defense was. Sure. You know, so I don't know. How easy is his job there? A lot harder than it is going up, up opposite Miles Garrett in Cleveland. Right. Right. You know, so, I mean, he's going to yes. see a lot of single coverage in Cleveland. Um, and that's something that won't happen in, and that won't happen in other places. So the Browns have some of these things. I just think it comes down to Baker. Do you trust Baker? Do you that's trust Baker? That's what it'll Baker? be. Yeah. That's it. Do, do you, you believe in Baker, Baker Mayfield as a quarterback? Do you believe that he's somebody that can win a Super Bowl? And if you do, I think the Browns have a really good shot at being in the mix because they have the supporting personnel. He's not going to find a better situation than opposite Miles, and they can probably pay the most money. 
of the contending yeah. teams. There's no question that they can pay the most money. Um, so they're in a, you understand why they're in consideration for it. Um, we'll get back to the basketball front. Buckeyes against Penn State tonight. Jordan Cornette joins us coming up next, covers hoops uh, for ESPN and the ACC Network. We'll talk to him about this Buckeye team and what he sees uh, as we're getting closer to March Madness. That's coming up next. Bishop and Lauren Itis right here on The Fan. Time for the Chris Holtman Daily Show. Brought to you locally on The Fan by Credit Union of Ohio and by the Stuckey Firm. This is the Chris Holtman Daily Show brought to you by Incova Insurance. Your team playing at Penn State this evening. Chris, if you would, kind of take us back through some of the things that were the deciding factors in being able to beat Penn State in the first game here in Columbus. Well, listen, as you know, this is a big-time challenge for us. We were down eight with seven minutes to go at our place a few weeks ago uh, to Penn State. Uh, They're a good team. Uh, Offensively, they're tremendous. They present a lot of challenges for you in a lot of different ways. They're disruptive defensively, very disruptive defensively. So uh, we'll need to play well. We'll really need to play well. Okay, we'll have another comment in just a moment. Two legends, one show. It's all a lie. This is Bishop and Morinitis. Well, Bishop James Lord Ice with you here on a Thursday edition of the program, heading out on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline for a visit with Jordan Cornette. Cover some hoops for ESPN and ACC Network. Jordan, thank you so much for the time. Uh, let's let's start with your view of what has transpired here with Coach Holtman and this Buckeye basketball team, which to us has wildly outshot expectations, pal. I mean, we, we, we were thinking, let's get to the NCAA tournament, let's win a round. Now, all of a sudden, we're saying, all right, one seed, maybe we can win it all. What is your view of what's happened here in Columbus? Well, you know, I, I'm always, I was always curious when, when Chris took the job there, Coach Holtman, if Ohio State knew what they were really getting in Coach Holtman because he wasn't a brand name at that point. But everyone in the coaching circles knew what he was capable of doing. I knew he'd get the program to this level at some point. I knew they'd be competing for national championships because I knew once he got into like a, a state school that, that would put the effort in to truly winning at a high level, it'd be the perfect match. I did not anticipate Bowen James for it to happen exactly this fast. Uh, but I've known Coach Holtman. He's a close family friend. I've known him since back to his Butler days. Um, not to get too far into the weeds with the backstory, but I lost my bro- older brother tragically. Um, to a heart attack several years ago when he was a coach at Butler and how he took care of my family, although my brother didn't play for Butler at the time, but was a part of that program and how he took us in and made sure that everything would be taken care of accordingly. It's the type of guy he is. It, it speaks to the bigger picture and how he wants his program to be run and how he wants to buy in and the connectivity. So it's so much about college athletics. James, you know it on those teams you started with at Ohio State with, with football. Like if you've got the buy-in, the talent's going to come. The vision is there, and it's all going to come together, and it has at a way faster pace than I expected. Yeah, Jordan, can you explain that? Bo and I have talked about what the most impressive thing to me that he has done. He, he's won uh, you know, Coach of the Year in the Big Ten, and he's done it different ways. He had Kata Bates-Diop a couple of years ago where it's kind of like a one-man show, and he just tried to find production outside of him. Uh, he's had last year's team. People were wondering, well, well, what if they were able to finish that season? They, they were playing good down the stretch. This year, what's been impressive, Jordan, is the fact that he has it with kids that today want all the, the glory and the shine, right, with social media. They want to be the reason he's gotten buy-in and he's gotten it from players to excel at their role, no matter how big or small. They have nine or ten guys they go to consistently. Is that the most impressive thing when you watch this Ohio State team is that there's really – I mean, E.J. Liddell is probably the best player, but there's really not one guy. Everyone's just trying to excel at the role that he has given them. 
Yeah, and I think it's a great point, James, because even if you look at EJ Liddell, I mean, he's not a superstar in the sense of what superstars are that come in. It's like we have to roll the red carpet out for this guy to make sure he sticks around for a couple of years and everything has to go through him. No, he's a he's a blue collar, put on a hard hat. Uh, he's a walking mismatch, and he's a bull. Uh, so he goes out there and does it. But to that greater point, and in some of these ACC teams I cover as well, like a Florida State, and watching them and them win at a high level, I always marvel at that because we know what a star brings if, if they have the belief system that, no, 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 this is my show. I need 30-plus minutes. I need to take 15-plus shots. Everything needs to feel like it's catered towards me. And there are programs that have that, but the programs that really thrive are the ones who say, I'm going to master my role, I'm going to do my part, and we're going to win a lot of games. And when we win a lot of games, it's going to be fun because winning is fun. But notoriety comes with that. Recognition comes with that. E.J. Liddell became a star because he mastered his role. And in a sophomore campaign, that team has started to win. Guys around him, including that impressive backcourt, are doing what they need to do. And it's the sum of all parts. But you have to have a leader in place that's like, trust my vision. Believe in me. And I don't think there's a lot of coaches that have the full-on trust of their players. Ohio State does because Coach Holtman is a real one. And it starts at the top. Yeah, it does. It, we, we're incredibly blessed, man, to be able to go from Thad Mata to Coach Holtman. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's so lucky, man. What's going on? I, I, mean, I know, man. We're, we're, we're lucky and we count, we count, our, we count how lucky we are every single day, pal. Um, I'm looking at this thing and, I, and we're getting closer here now and I'm looking around the Big Ten and I'm looking at our high state schedule specifically. You got Michigan. Don't want to sleep on Penn State tonight. That's a challenging yeah, game over in Happy Valley. I won't. I won't, and neither will he. Uh, but you got Michigan here on Sunday. You still got to play Illinois. You still got to play Iowa. Last I checked, those are two teams in the top 11. Big Ten has three teams in the top five in the country right now. Um, how many of those teams that I just mentioned are true contenders to cut down the nets? Well, it's crazy, Bo, that you got 10 teams that are probably making a tournament in the Big Ten. Uh, so just starting at that baseline is absolutely insane. Uh, but when I narrow it in and I water it down a little bit and, and try to find fine line and locate the teams that are actually going to have a chance to compete for a title, uh, I would definitely say Michigan, obviously. I would definitely say Ohio State. Those are my top two. I don't like how Iowa defends. I mean, they could go on a run, be a second weekend team, maybe generate a little bit more momentum past that through the Sweet 16. But you can't, be, you can't let teams hang 90 on you, comfortably drive it right past your perimeter guys, finish at the rim without help side, be able to rebound against them for second chance. It's not a team I believe in. They can light up a scoreboard, a lot of skilled guys. Luca Garza is clearly the national player of the year, most likely, unless it's Corey Kispert. Uh, but I don't put Iowa in that category. I don't put Illinois in that category. Uh, but if I did, they'd be the third closest team to being a Final Four team. What I will say, Bo and James, though, outside of that, there's two real contenders, I guess is my answer, and that's Ohio State and Michigan. But aside from that, when you have 10 teams in, you got a shot. And furthermore than that, watching Big Ten basketball this year has been an absolute pleasure from start to finish. I mean, there's games that are enjoyable that involve Indiana, that involve Northwestern, that involve Penn State, that involve Maryland, and at times even Nebraska, a one-win team. It's so fun to watch because they box out. They communicate. They play together. It's a higher brand of basketball than I've seen across the college basketball landscape. 21 years, though. 21 years since the title. I know. It's going to be the year. Jordan, when you when – you, gosh, what is what is this tournament going to look like? And do you, do you expect it to get off without without some kind of disruption? I mean, that was the big fear in a four-team tournament with, with college football playoff, right? Would they have to push it back, reschedule? Yeah. That's just four teams, let alone this basketball tournament. Do you think it goes goes by smooth, and do you like the idea of putting everybody in Indy? 
Yeah, I, I love that they that they bubbleized it, I, and that's the ticket. I mean, we watched with the NBA playoffs, and, and it's going to be a different circumstance than how airtight the NBA was able to be a year ago. But I, I at least like the forward thinking and the vision to say we have enough runway. Let's bubbleize the tournament. It's getting to the tournament, James. That is my biggest concern in terms of. I mean, the last five games I've been set to broadcast with ESPN, four of them have been canceled. I mean, that, that's Jeez. just the reality of what we're in. And the last one was canceled. The Louisville game yesterday versus Syracuse was canceled three hours beforehand. So there's just no uh, real understanding or grip of how we can get to it. But what I say, getting to the bubble in the NCAA tournament, my main focus goes to the conference tournaments that are in front of us in about three weeks. Teams electing to play or not play in those. For example, in Ohio State. What is the benefit of them playing in their conference tournament? Yes, to hang a banner, to say we won the Big Ten championship uh, and won the Big Ten tournament, sure. But does that jeopardize their ability to go win a national championship if they meet some attrition COVID-wise by putting themselves out there to play in this? Is it an unnecessary risk? So conference tournaments, which carry so much weight in what college basketball is, it's going to be really interesting to see the approach that these teams take in that regard. But whoever is crowned champion this year, much like I tweeted when the college football national champion was crowned, it is a it is a champion that should be respected more so than many before them because of the discipline it took for them to get to that point. I mean, the sacrifice these kids are making, it's unbelievable. Sure, and I, we marvel at the the fact that they're, they're – they, they, and I notice it in the Big Ten a lot, and that's obviously the league I pay closest attention to, but that these kids bring juice in empty barns – is incredible yeah. to me. Yeah. And you've called these. I mean, this James called them in the fall for football. Silence is deafening, man. It, it, it really is, Bo. And I'll tell you, and I'm not – nobody wants to hear anybody make excuses for Duke. This isn't an excuse. Duke is not a good team this year. And they've had yeah. a lot going on in that locker room that's unusual. But that's a 500 team right now. Simply off the Cameron crazies, they're probably three or four games above 500. Still not a very good sure. team. But they steal wins with stuff like that. But, Bo, you make a great point, like the empty barns. How about just the empty environment? And, look, I get we're all going through it in the world. But, James, sure. I always laugh at my athlete buddies about this. Like, think about, James, when you're getting ready for a bowl game and you're on campus and everybody was gone. And you're on campus and it feels like, yeah, you're connected to your guys on the team. But that was pre-COVID, so you had those connections. But the campus felt empty and you're like, man, this is tough. I miss my family. I miss my friends on campus. They're doing that all season long right now. <laughs> it's unbelievable. They can't even connect with their players, their teammates like that. Imagine being a freshman on that team. I'm not one to always dance in the waters of mental health and all that stuff, but it is real. It is truly something yeah. that these kids are battling because I battled it for a couple of days on Christmas break when I was playing basketball, and this is it on steroids. It's wild. Yeah. Jordan, this was great. Really enjoyed having you on. Thank you so much for your time. Bo, James, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. That's really great. Jordan Cornette on the program here on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline, of course, for ESPN and the ACC Network. Coming up next, we hit Thing or Not a Thing, Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Feel unappreciated? Things not working out the way you imagined? Bad news. Sometimes life sucks. Good news. We don't. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Well-dressed, well-spoken, but never, ever a well-drink. How about chaos? Insanity. Absolute insanity. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. Hey, Bodie's here. Time for a little thing or not a thing. Hit it, Bodie. Bishop and Laurinaitis. Thing or not a thing. Sponsored by Geico Insurance. All right, guys. First up, Pro Football Focus. They released the rankings for the top 10 defensive linemen returning in college football for next season. Not one, but two different Buckeyes made the list. Number seven was Haskell Garrett. Number 10 was Tyreek Smith. 
thing or not a thing. Still surprised Haskell came back. I thought I thought he would bounce. He didn't. Stayed. Yeah. Um, so so that's positive. And Are you more surprised he came back or that Tommy Togi I left? Equal. Same. Yes. Answer is yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Both. Yeah. Uh, I mean. So look, it's th- this is a, a really really talented roster, and the one thing that that you wonder is is who is 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 a guy at defensive end. Is it Zach Harrison? Who's going to be the guy who's going to explode? It's got to be Tyreek or Tyreek. I mean, that's what it's got to be. I mean, you're, you're, this is the this yeah. is the expectation. Um, I think Zach needs Go to. I think a lot of eyes are on Zach because of the fact of his recruiting status um, yeah. and just his physical attributes. Yeah, time to go. It's time to make your jump. If you're going to be an elite football player, you know now it's time so. to make the jump. And um, I mean, who else would you rather trust in that position than Coach Johnson? LJ, man. Right? To get it done. So, yeah, I think, uh, of course, it's a thing. It's a great thing to have these guys. And and, and I can acknowledge that, dang it, I wish Tommy Togiai was back. Yeah. Some not some not so good news here on the recruiting front. The recruiting dead period has been extended again for all sports through May thirty first. With this extension, it will it will have been at least fourteen months since there were official visits for prospects or in person evaluation for coaches. Thing or not a thing? Well, I, I'm going to say, of course, it is a thing. But I, everyone's on the on a level playing field, so it's the same for everybody. Right. Um, so in that sense, there's no advantage here or there. So in that sense, it's not a thing. What do you think is the bigger deal for prospects and inability to do officials or for coaches and inability to do in-person evaluations? I would think it would be the prospects more than the coaches. I think it's the prospects. Like you're you're trying to decide on where you want to spend your your career, you yeah, know, without and, and, going there. And that's a city, that's a, you know, a campus that's um, you know, you want to try to evaluate certain things really that that are being pushed down into just there's a feel. I don't know. It's hard to explain. Like when I came to Columbus, I was a there was a big feel there that just felt right. Some of that's the people, mm-hmm. but it's also seeing Columbus. I would have been very anxious to make that decision if I had never been to Columbus, Ohio. Sure. So yeah, I th- I'll say I'll say it's the kids' visits. ESPN's Dan Graziano has reported that the Broncos are expected to decline Von Miller's eighteen million dollars team option, which would make him an unrestricted free agent. Thing or not a thing. Well, I mean, this would certainly add to an incredible list of pass rushers. Did anything come of his... Didn't he have, like, a brush-up with the law? Did he? Oh, yeah, I remember seeing that. I haven't seen right? anything since, but I do remember seeing that, yeah. I, thought, I swear I thought... I don't want to... Was know, it, like, a DUI, or was it something more serious? Something more serious, I thought. I thought it was, like, um, a domestic... I thought it was a domestic oh, dispute. Oh, no. Domestic yeah. violence. Yeah, um... Oh yeah, his I missed this. His girlfriend released a statement. He's in, yeah, he's subject to a criminal investigation. Yeah. So yeah. So eighteen mil. Um criminal stuff out there. You know. But yeah, it, it that'll be what teams will evaluate, right? Just like they did with Antonio Brown. Teams will evaluate what's the criminal stuff here and where's the talent level at. And what's that dollar figure equal? 
That's so the, the reality the, of the National The girlfriend League. did release a statement. Uh, this was about a month ago in light of recent. I don't know how we missed I don't. I missed it. I, I didn't see this at all. Uh, she says, first and foremost, at no point in our relationship was there any type of physical abuse or violence by Vaughn whatsoever. For anyone to say otherwise is just such speculation and wrong. There you go. I don't know. Okay. So, but, okay. but I was unaware of that. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. There's. there's I saw all the that. speculation. I, I just I didn't really. I, I figured since yeah. there wasn't a ton of follow up that. Um, but you never know. This is kind of a little bit of a fun story here on a lighter note. Back in 2011, when the NBA was facing a lockout, LeBron James said he seriously considered playing football. In a recent interview with The Athletic, in that interview, James revealed that the Seahawks offered him a tryout, and he said, quote, I would have made the team. I would have had to try out, but I would have made the team. Thing or not a thing? I believe him. Taking, taking aside his celebrity, he's 100% right. He is 6'8". At that time, he was 6'8", 250, 40-some-inch vertical, I mean, where do you want to play him? Yeah, you want to play him at tight end. You want to split him out wide. You want to have him rush the quarterback. Red zone threat. <laughs> Throw it high. Now, I plus he was a big time prospect in high school. This yeah. isn't like a guy who didn't play football. He played through right. his junior year at St. Vincent St. Mary and was a, a big football prospect, regardless of him being you know the future face of basketball. But this isn't. This is a guy who played the sport. I mean, we've yeah. seen guys who didn't play the sport learn the sport and get to the league. Yeah. Tight ends. We saw that with, I mean, Darren Fells did that. Um, mm-hmm. There's another guy with the Browns who did that. I, I, the name escaped, Desmond Harris. So, I mean, they're, yeah. they're guys who do it without having ever played football. Yeah. Let alone a guy who played, grew up in Ohio and right. played at St. Vincent St. Mary. Yeah. I think, look, he would have he would have been outstanding. However, I will say this. He should be thankful he didn't do that because when going back to basketball, I'm not sure the – Listen, it's hard to keep that vert up when you get these deep thigh contusions. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you're six eight, <laughs> no one's putting that forehead, you know, right under your chin. They're gonna try to hit you in the leg. So uh, for the sake of how long you've played pro basketball, you should be thankful that you did not make that decision. But I would yeah. have been fascinated to see. I mean, think about Jimmy Graham on steroids as a yeah. red zone target. Gates. Gonzalez. Gosh. Yeah, but way Peppers, more like, all those guys listen, played. Gates was yeah. great. And and Gates was I mean, obviously he's a, he's a, a Hall of Famer, but when you right. look at like LeBron, there's a there's a level up explosiveness from Jimmy Graham and Antonio Gates to LeBron James, like yeah. the catch radius uh, in and of right. itself. How do yeah, you he's like that? Bo Jackson, like he's so explosive and strong. Yeah. I just yeah would have been crazy. You got a six eight dude with like a forty inch plus vert. Like what yeah. what? We'll sneak yeah, in crazy. one more here real quick. Damian Lillard, he hit an, an and one layup last night with 16 seconds left to lift Portland past New Orleans. That was his 25th game-tying or game-winning shot inside 20 seconds left in the fourth quarter or overtime, which is the most in the NBA since Lillard entered the league in 2012-2013. Thing or not a thing? Well, then he has to be the best ever because this is what people always <laughs> give LeBron a hard time about, right? MJ made every single last-second shot, so if Damian yeah. has made the most, then he's the best. He's he's one of the most fun guys to watch in the league. I love that he stayed in Portland. I love that he's winning there. He's being compensated handsomely for it, but I love that he's doing this, and he's making a run at the MVP, so it's a good job out of him. He's fun to watch. I love watching him. Have you ever been to Portland? Yeah. Lots. My uncle lives there. Yeah. Never been. Fun town, been man. I've just been good interested town. to go to Portland. Yeah, you'd like it. You'd like it. Mountains all around. Rivers. 
Well, Great places to I mean, eat. Listen, yeah. mountains and rivers. That's all I need. You put me. That's all you need. Me down. You could pluck me down yeah. in Bozeman, which I'm disappointed you weren't able to get me the at least the LB job in Bo- at Montana. Sad. It's just all sad. It's all sad. That That's that all I wanted. I don't. I don't. Because our I don't want too much responsibility. I, I'm a team player. I don't. Have, I don't need to be a DC. No, you would have been less responsibility as the HC. Yes. As the just, HC, it would have been even less. Just figurehead. Hire a bunch of people to race out and recruit. We could have just run it. Totally Gosh. corrupt. It would have been fantastic. It's true. Who's really paying attention? Fantastic. Yeah. No one's paying attention. Are you kidding me? Come on. <laughs> Could have ran amok. Buckeyes and Blue Jackets in action tonight. Shelly time at the bottom of the hour. Fernando Tatis got paid. We'll get to all of that coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. News, opinions, and insight. All before breakfast. Rise and shine with morning juice. Weekdays starting at 6. The Fan. Ohio's sports destination. Open early for all your sports discussion needs. Now back to Bishop and Laurinaitis. Fun one tonight for your sports viewing needs. Jackets Predators at 7. Shelly time in about 25 minutes from now to get us set from that. Uh, and also the Buckeye basketball team at Penn State at 8 o'clock. We'll talk a little bit about both of those things over the course of the next 20 minutes or so. But before we get to that, did you see this uh, yesterday? I know you follow him uh, and, and and I follow him on Instagram. And let's not act like that's an exclusive company. I believe he has more followers than any man on the planet. And that is, of course, The Rock. Um, or one of the more followed men on the planet. My guy, your guy, you actually know him. This dude... Ship four hundred cases of tequila. Mm. Four hundred cases from a spirits thing. Apparently, so I was looking into this. Like it's like, and all. I haven't had it. I I, have, I haven't had it. Um, he always does the toasts and all of that. And I have no doubt that it, this is a direct thing where your social media and your reach and your power and your brand to your fans works i mean this is a poster child for it uh but apparently the previous kind of record for this was casamigos which is um george clooney and uh randy gerber's tequila Mm -hmm. um so so this this one uh the terramana i think it's called uh, they shipped 400 cases which is a record for spirits and in addition to that yesterday his show young rock was the biggest debut comedy since 2017 telling you he'll be president you ain't lying, man. He'll be president. Everything. He I touches. hope he does. I would love for him to. If he wants the headache, I'd love for him <laughs> he to wants run. The headache. <laughs> like, but would he, you want that if you're him? He's going to no. be worth a ha- He's got to be worth. He'll be worth a billion dollars. Yeah. And the most enjoyable thing is like when you go down to, and you watch him when he first came into the business of wrestling and his interviews and. His personality was so different from what was normal as far as the you know the promos the guys would cut like the wrestling was very much for a while like you know it was like promo by Ultimate Warrior promo by Macho Man ding 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 bell rings and then here's one of their musics right so it was like yeah. that was the structure of pro wrestling for a while and the rock comes in and next thing you know it just becomes this Hold on a second. We can kill a whole segment with him on the mic because yeah. of how entertaining he was, and then it challenged everybody else, and then ultimately it led to them hiring actual writers, like Hollywood writers, to try to get more and more storylines. To realizing we don't have to fill our slates with just all matches, and that's it. Um, we could do you know these big arcs 
and stuff, and uh, he was the reason for it. And just seizing that skill set and going into Hollywood to where now it's, I mean, whatever he un- wants to do, whatever he's got, he wants to do. He's got a coconut do. water thing coming out. The coconut water energy drink. It's like yeah, there's an energy, a natural right. tea coconut water energy drink coming out. Sure. Um, yeah. Just why not? Why not? As someone who knew the business the way that you did, and and your dad spent a lifetime in it, his how did he do what so many tried to with limited success, but truly break out of it and go full Hollywood? Because he would still come back, and I, I acknowledge yeah. that I, I'm I'm naive from in the wrestling perspective in terms of how he was able to navigate those waters. But how did he pull that off? Because it's, it's a remarkable thing. It's pure usually charisma. you're in, you're in for life. Yeah, it's charisma. Because like even even when Hulk Hogan would go in the movies, it was you know Hulk Hogan. Like he truly broke yeah. out as Dwayne Johnson, um, and not The Rock. So like The Rock, like his pers- her his personality and his ability, he was the first one like to truly improvise and be an entertainer. Like just he's just a true entertainer. Yeah, it's not even the fact of like. The the wrestling was the athleticism, and you know he's a third generation wrestler. Uh, but it's the it's the pure entertainment that was just different, right? It, it's it's the ability to do. He was a mixture of stand, you know stand up comedy on the mic. Like some of my favorite interviews of his is when WCW and like WWF merged. And um, oh, those are amazing. And he does you know he's making fun of Hollywood Hogan and the NWO and. Unbelievable I mean, with him and it's Razor Ramon. Yes, tugboat. Yes, was he called yes. Yes. Big Daddy? Yes, Big Daddy. Big Daddy and he does a, yeah. like the whole thing. The it's whole incredible um, takedown. It was remarkable, and yeah, it was all unscripted. And so, like to think of that's unscripted and live. If you're yeah. watching and you're a TV exec and you're, you're like, my goodness, this guy could host Saturday Night Live. And if you can host Saturday sure. Night Live, you can do something scripted. You know, yeah. and remember, so it just it just led. He ran with it, and obviously his work ethic is insane. And what's been and Vince amazing had to is, let him right because yes. Vince had to let him take that name, like so, right? Because doesn't Vince usually own the names? Vince owns the Rock. I, I believe the actual name, the Rock, or there had to be some kind of negotiation or split. I don't know. I'd be yeah. very curious said, to see because that what, was always the thing I was curious deal, about. Yeah, he always yeah. owned that. Like, if you look back in the old Steve Austin, like, there was stunning Steve Austin, all this stuff before Stone Cold Steve Austin came about. Who do you think owns Stone Cold? Sure. Um, the WWF. So, uh, yeah, it's – that's why everyone used to ask, like, why did guys go from, like, Diesel, go back over to WCW, and now he's just Kevin Nash? I'm like, because Vince owns Diesel. Yeah. Like Vince owns, you know, Razor Ramon. So then it became Scott Hall. You know, yeah. like, that's that's why when they switched companies, you could always tell who, who had a, a – copyright or trademark i guess would be the right word trademark kind of a name in one in one company versus the other that's why hollywood hogan hogan came about versus you know the hulkster you know (laughs) it was it became hollywood hogan because he wanted to create something different right and that's and that's of course your your dad and and hawk going from legion of doom road warriors yep yep uh they added legion of doom to it the whole Legion of Doom thing was not part of the Road Warriors until no. you know, the WWF. 
Yeah, fascinating. It's and it seems like the best guy ever. And and you've told stories that he is, and it's, the success is everything he does touches gold. It's wild. Um, everything that Coach Holtman has done has touched has certainly turned to gold in his short time here, and it is culminating this year with a team that's looking like it's going to be a one seed in the NCAA tournament. They have Michigan on Sunday, uh, Penn State tonight though, and don't you dare look past them, um, Coach Holtman, on this matchup and not looking ahead to Michigan later on. We've got great respect for Penn State and the fact that we were down eight with, you know, a few minutes to go here. And, you know, last several years uh, we played there. The games haven't been close. They beat us handily. Uh, I I think our guys are well aware of of how good this Penn State team is. You look at their numbers, they're a top 25, 30 team and Ken Palm or or the net. So I, I think we have a great understanding Based on what they've done to us there the last couple of years, and then also our our just absolute battle with them here. Yeah, it's one of those that you say, you know, if you're a team that can go in a natty, and that's what was so impressive against uh, in the Indiana game is, no, you're not going to hang around. We're not having it. Yeah, we're not having it. We're going to act accordingly. We're going to treat you what you are. And this is a even more testy one, just because Penn. It's a tough matchup over there. It's a weird. It's eight o'clock Thursday night, cold, middle of nowhere. This is it's this one. This one has all the makings of a trap. You'd have to be uh, pretty silly not to acknowledge that. Yeah, it, it does. But you're right. They, the, you you phrased it perfectly. They acted accordingly against Indiana. Yeah, and that's what you expect of this squad now. Is that they're going to act accordingly when they go out there and they play teams that they are better than. And they, but they know. I think coach is right. They know the fight that they're they're going to be in for against Penn State. Like. They were down late in that game here in Columbus, so it's not like it was some team that they, you know, walked through and won by twenty, and they have to worry about it from that respect. I think there is kind of an understanding that, yeah, this this team very much can beat us, guys. You know what I mean? Like they have the talent to do it. So I don't. I think in the Big Ten, aside from playing Nebraska, um, you know that every single game, if if you are just going through the motions, you you have the ability to lose. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And we've we've been down this road with this team. And look, this is when you're talking about where they are now, the rarefied air they're at, and you're looking at a schedule that still includes Michigan State, which is not what they used to be, but it's still Michigan State. Tom Izzo is still coaching them. You're talking about Michigan here Sunday. Talking about Illinois. You're talking about Iowa. That's the schedule that gets an attention. That is an attention getter, and that is one where you say we take care of our business, and now. Everything that they've done has just built the confidence, game after game after game. And what you want is you want to walk into March 10 feet tall and bulletproof. And you want to say, just you watch what we're capable of. And I, you feel like that's coming. It's a big couple of weeks for them. But you feel like that type of confidence is coming. And that type of uh, the feeling that you'd have about this team. And it's been a while since we've had one of these on the basketball, um, in the Buckeye basketball world, where you had a team that felt like it was right on the cusp of it and could really make a run. And when you're lo- doing bracketology and you're looking at a bracket and I'm going, okay, this looks like, okay, Elite Eight, yep, I can get out here, get out here to the Final Four, that seems about right. That's where you're at. But the great teams, the teams that can win it all, they take care of business on a Thursday night in Happy Valley. That's and right. that's the gig. Yeah, that's the game. Yeah, you have to. I mean, you have, you, if if you want to be a team that can make, because you're going to have to beat teams that you're supposed to in the tournament if you don't want to get you know Cinderella upset. So you have to sure. act accordingly, and I think that's part of the culture that he's built here. Is that they yeah. will? I, I I'd be shocked 
Not that they can't lose, but I'd be shocked if they don't go out there and play well. Like, if they lose and Penn State just played better and it wasn't like yeah. a turnover fest and we were sloppy, you'd be like, okay. But I expect them to play well. Oh, Penn State's capable. There's no yes. question. They're capable. We saw that here a couple of weeks ago. So yeah. we know what Penn State is capable of. I just think this Buckeye team is playing at a really high level right now, and, and I, I expect it to be a fun one tonight. And of course, you can listen to it right here on the Fan Fan Warm-Up Show starting at 7 o'clock on that front. We'll get to the Jackets hosting the Predators at the bottom of the hour with a little bit of Shelly time. Coming up next, i got to tell you, kids, I don't understand baseball economics. This latest deal is Boy. just an extraordinary one. Doesn't make sense to me. Um, we'll get into it coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Always imitated, never duplicated. Your heritage sports talker and flagship home for Ohio State athletics. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Meet or on the rocks. Just act accordingly. Starts with a glass of bourbon, then goes to, oh, first blood's on. I think I'll watch this again. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. And I want to talk to you about my friends over east of our beautiful downtown. Nice little snow-covered downtown. Don't be afraid of the roads. They're fine. They're plowing. Go down and see my man, Rich Newsom. He's the GN. Tell him James sent you. Tell him hello and say, hey, I want that sweet deal you got going on in your award-winning Tacoma. It's only going to cost you two fifty-nine per month for 39 months. No money down if you qualify or if you don't feel like getting in your car, which, look, I get it. Go to JermaineToyota.net. We were going to talk about Fernando Tatis Jr. getting uh, $340 money, money, million money. Yeah. at age 22. Yeah, They're going to pay about $800 mil- the, the Padres are going to pay $800 million for their infield in San yeah. Diego. Yeah. Who cares? You know? Who cares? Pandemic? It, what pandemic? What are you talking I about? I mean, he's yeah. great, and he's electric. I just – it. I don't understand it. I just – I don't get it. Uh, obviously, all the home games, all that stuff matters, and they're they're able to make it work. But Bro, the finances that, are wild to me. That they're wild is insane. When I saw that come through, twenty two, I said, if I ever am blessed with a son, he's gonna be throwing before he can walk. <laughs> Swing a bat, brother. Swing a bat. It's actually, crazy. I don't know. I actually think I might try to have him play hockey. But oh, there you that's go. a whole other point. Yeah, just because Dad like, wants to get like back that. out there on the ice more and more, and you know, it's just so fun. Well, the skating other thing is, is so is fun. Skating is so baseball enjoyable. doesn't end, and baseball doesn't end. Like I with know. little kids, baseball doesn't end. You you do have to do it in the fall. You do it all spring. You do it through the winter. You hit in the winter. Yeah. You got trust me, hockey games stars like aren't poor. Hockey guys aren't poor. Right. Trust me, I. Yeah, used to hang out when I used yeah. to talk about talk with David Backus about all the different. Oh yeah, we have this nice ranch back home in Minnesota. Like oh really. That's nice. That must be great. Yeah. What's your What's your there CBA you look like? Let's do, Let's compare CBAs, David. <laughs> anyway, NFL is always the hardest. I got to tell you though, um, and so we're going to spend some time on that. Spring training starts and all of those things. But let's yeah. be honest, you and I aren't that big into baseball. But what we are into is football. And I saw this tweet, and you sent it to me. You sent me a text, and I looked into it and saw the tweet. Um, and this is from one Joe Milton. Uh, the University of Michigan. I want to thank Coach Harbaugh for giving me that opportunity to come play for a program with lots of tradition. I have bonds with my brothers that will last forever. I've decided to enter the transfer portal as a grad transfer with three years of eligibility remaining. This is a kid who they chased other quarterbacks off for, who they dedicated the offense to, who was their guy that they recruited. That was a you know, from their perspective, a big recruiting get who yeah. came out really good against Minnesota, and now he's gone. Mm. Yeah. What the heck, man? Yeah. Out of here. 
Yeah. How about that? How about that? When I, I saw that come through and I said, you know what? All this means is the fact that this is a um, J.J. McCarthy, right? That's it. That's it. <laughs> again? We're going to do this again? Yeah, I guess We're going to so. have a true freshman come in and we're going to do it again? I mean, the only yeah. quarterbacks you have left are McNamara and McCarthy coming in. That's yeah. it. Well, what that's I mean, it. let's hold our breath for that QB competition. Who do you think is going to win that? Buddy, if you can't get us as we transition from quarterbacks, you're never going to get us. The fact that Milton didn't hit for them after all they invested in him and all the belief they had in him, it is a direct indictment of the head coach. Yes, it is. Meanwhile, down here in Columbus, man, you know what we, we got have. kids not going pro to play for quarterbacks they've never that none of us have really ever seen play like Alave. They're sticking around. In the meantime, we got we got guys who stick around and play and and Joe Milton's gone. I'm gone. I'll see you down the road. Right. We have two quarterbacks that are sit and Jack Miller and and um Stroud and then McCord coming in and oh yeah, Quinn Ewers says, I'm not afraid of that. I'll come in too. Yet they can't. I mean, you would think Milton would be like, no, I'm going to stick around and battle this McCarthy kid. I'm going to keep my spot. Or I'm going to battle Cade Mack. I'm, I'm, you know, I, last year, weird year, pandemic. I'm good, coach. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll get better. You know what I mean? Hopefully we have a spring ball. I can grow, and I'm going to prove that I'm going to keep him. Nope, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out of here. I'm not sticking around this place. He is a four-star in 2018 who they curated mm-hmm. to replace Shea Patterson. You were led to believe that this was going to be a star. Watch out, everybody. It's so it's so discouraging. From And I'm somebody that wants them good. I've I want to, them good. I've got like, to I the want point them competitive. I'm, I'm I want them ranked. I don't, I don't want them to be a clown anymore. show. I, I know it. it it's a, anymore. I, I don't think so either. And it sucks. Because yeah. you can't go around, you can't be the greatest rivalry in all of sports when it's 20 years of dominance. You can't be. It doesn't work yeah. that way. Yeah. You can't be the greatest rivalry in all of sports when they stink. Right. They don't have to win national titles, but they got to be good. Right. Yeah. I mean, there does not. There, and, there, and guess what? This extension for and Harbaugh, there's, at that position, there's no direction. Buddy. There's no direction. No. There's no identity. There's no direction. There's no direction. No, there's no organization. Not. It's there's almost no... embarrassing, honestly, that we have a countdown clock to the game. To be honest, yeah, it's beneath us. Yeah, to do a countdown clock. I did an interview yesterday to not, to not say M's, to not wear blue in the facility. Blank that. Wear navy blue in the facility. You own yeah. the color. <laughs> Take down the clocks. Uh, Get rid of the. You can put M's all over the campus. Nobody. It doesn't matter. The reality is, it's like no taking what R's out of the campus because you play been, Rutgers. We still take it way more seriously and our sense of urgency is way more ratcheted up than them and yet no. it's not a fair no fight. direction no there's not no it's not no it's not even a knife to a gunfight situation like an untouchable spoon to a gunfight situation like that's that's mm. where they're at i mean this is look I, this kid didn't light the world on fire but this is an indictment of of their development of their inability to land and develop quarterbacks. This happens time and time again with them up there. He's been there a long time, man. Yeah. Yeah. And they yeah. can't they cannot sign 
or develop. They can sign it. They've signed a few of them. They can't develop any of them. No. You think J.J. McCarthy's going to be any different? No. And I thought Ari yesterday really hit the nail on the head when talking about Texas. The development of players, right? It's not just getting the good players. It's developing them. How many are going pro? Who's been, who are they developing? Look so, at Donovan Peoples-Jones. Six-round pick. Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, Number one I receiver mean, in the country. The only one that you can even think of that's making hay is Rashawn Gary, and he was the top, like the top recruit that year. But he wasn't a first round pick. Was he a first round pick? I don't he was think a first was. round pick to Green Bay, but he towards didn't, the end of the first round. Yes, yeah. end of the first round, and did not play really his first year. Yeah, and did not play his first year. Now compare that to Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, Chase Young. Correct. Which, by the way, none of those players were the number one recruit in the country. Yeah, it's Overall. just it's so they're so far behind, and they just waste time. This is a waste of time. This whole Milton experience is a waste of time. The Harbaugh extension is a waste of time. You said it, brother. You said it, and you got a guy at Iowa State. Yeah, Matt, mean, Matt Campbell, Campbell looked at it and said, "Man, the heck with that." Then, if they don't see it, if they don't see me as their guy, I'm just going to extend here. That's crazy. I mean, I don't know how they didn't get out of that deal. I don't know what you saw over there that would lead you to believe, yes, yeah, sign me up for more of it. Well, not only that, that Ward Manuel just signed an extension too. Yeah. So the guy yeah. that makes the decision. Another decade who, of dominance. Another decade of, at least our basketball school, until yeah. we spank them over the weekend. Then you know. Yeah, but but isn't it fun when it's three against four? Of course isn't that it fun? is. Because guess what? There's an anxiety of like, you know what? I know that this is our specialty, but gosh, I really want to beat them. Especially since you didn't get football game this year. The fact that they, oh man, just circumstances got you to a point you didn't get to play them in football. Even though you know what the result would have been. And you feel like they knew what the result would have been too. Right? Like, yeah, it's just, oh, anyway. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Jackets with a start, a, a huge bunch of games right here starting tonight uh, with Nashville. A little bit of Shelly time coming up next. Bishop and Lauren, I just right here on The Fan. This Buckeye Football Impact Report is brought to you locally by Credit Union of Ohio and by Hyde Park Prime Steakhouse. On The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Ohio State Football Impact Report. Keeping things in-state and dipping down to Cincinnati in LaSalle High School for safety Jalen Johnson. He was named the 2020 Ohio Max Prep All-State Football Team. Johnson is the GCL co-defensive back of the year and the first team Ohio Sports Riders Division II Southwest District pick. Last year, Johnson accumulated 55 total tackles. Two years ago, All-State selection and helped LaSalle win a state championship. Head coach Ryan Day on the incoming Buckeye safety. Jalen, he's got a, a great way of, of, you know, connecting with the other recruits. And he's he's been a glue, to be honest with you, during this whole process, keeping guys together. With Johnson in this class, he's one of six from Ohio to join the Buckeyes, one of ten in this class on defense, and one of three safeties to join a secondary of a total of six. This report was brought to you by SafeLight and by Speedway. I'm Matt Andrews on the Ohio State Sports Network, presented by the James. Check your watch jackets, fans. It's Shelly time with Bishop and Laurenitis. Sponsored by Mumo Express Car Wash. Proud partner of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Oh, time for a little Shelly time on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. And before we get into the game, my friend, 
What a piece Porty did with you in the athletic. I mean, that was that's extraordinary. Uh, I was not here certainly for for your debut twenty years ago. Uh, you know, yesterday I believe it was uh, twenty years ago yesterday. But but that story of how that came about and where we sit twenty years later. Um, how did it? How did how did Porty come? Up, how did that come about to do the story, Jode? And what did it mean to you to have that chronicled the way that it was? Well, I was, it was, I was so taken aback because, you know, I talked to him a few weeks ago and, you know, the 20 year anniversary of my first game, you know, that, that was special to me. And there's a lot of things that happened, you know, those are all, there's moments throughout the last 20 years and how I got there and how it happened, but who he talked to and how he told it. I wish everyone, everyone's got a great story. I wish everyone could have their story told by Portsline the way he did it like that. He put in such an effort, and I, I, it's a story I'm proud of, and, and I said that on Twitter, and I just, uh, when I read it, I was, it, I was blown away. So, you know, he did a lot of, uh, a lot of research, talked to a lot of good people who impacted my career and gave me opportunities, and when I look back at how I got here and, uh, and what took place, it's almost like it shouldn't have never happened, like, but everything just aligned and it happened. And uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Look, I can't believe it's been 20 years, but I remember game number one, like anyone does for the professional sports, uh, like it was last month. You know what I mean? Just a feeling that you can't describe. And and what's really cool, just one quick follow up to that, buddy. What's really cool about the story, and I really recommend you guys read it in the Athletic because it was a story I was unaware of. Again, I was not here at that time, so I was unaware of that. But there was a lot riding on that game with Pittsburgh, and there was a lot of personal feelings. And you had a job to do. Uh, if if you can, buddy, just give the the folks who who haven't had a chance to. Re- and again, I really encourage you to read it. But in, in your head, what your job was and what you had to do that night. My job was to put on the beautiful Blue Jackets jersey and go out and fight Christoph Olwa and let him know that he's not going to mess with Lyle Odeline or anyone else. Now, he was a, a Blue Jacket, had a falling out, uh, and I was there to make him uncomfortable, and I thought I did that. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I did that. Jody, uh I got I got a uh, transition here to to the current product, and you know you see seven three eight, and you have Torch's, uh comments. You know you think the sky is falling and all that, but am I am I wrong? I said it to Bo after the game. I said, has has this team relied too much on outstanding goaltending from you know years past with some of the sloppy mistakes that are being made in the defensive zone? Uh, it just seemed like there could have been even a, a worse score, if you will, with with some of the just lazy breakout passes across the middle that were intercepted. I mean, there was one play where it looked—I don't remember who passed it—but it went across the the defensive zone. It looked like it was a one-timing pass to the Hurricanes, and you're like, "Where yeah. is that puck going? Like, are you passing it?" You know, so it, you see seven three, and you're like, "Well, that's 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 bad." But then it could have been worse. Just what what is going on right now with the squad? I know it's not sky is falling, but there are some seem to be some defensive issues happening. Yeah, I, I don't know. I really don't. What I see is the I put more onus on the forwards. I think that there needs to be that commitment to back check uh, and block shots. Now, when you look at the Blue Jackets and you look at any NHL hockey game, you see how goals are generated. There is no space in front of the net. And usually it's a shot that bounces off someone and there's a rebound and it's a broken play and it's a mess in front of the goalie who is usually right there on top of it. 
but, but you know, you find a way to get it past him because it's the broken play. But if you block the shots out high, the first layer, the forward going to the point, it kills the play. You know what I mean? And they don't have that in the defensive zone. And then I see guys like David Savard, who's been a reliable, just consistent, steady force back there. And when I see him making plays and having hesitation, I wonder if it's his personal game and he's thinking too much or he doesn't know what's going on. Or the forwards, the new players, aren't connecting, aren't in that three-foot radius where they're supposed to be in that support game. So is it a combination of both? I don't know. But I, I strongly think that it's the forwards and their commitment to get back. And when they do that, the defense stand up, and it's, it's kind of like a chain of events. And then you have that sequence where you see the team blocking shots, frustrating, standing in. But right now... I don't see cohesion. I don't see this as a real solid defensive zone. I see a little bit of scrambliness and a little bit of uh, guys on their own page at moments, which leads to 7-3, and like you said, could have been worse. Yeah, and and Jody, you you mentioned those forwards, and and you just look at minutes, and you you look at uh, when what Max Domi came in here, and what I mean, that's Josh Anderson going the other way, and it seems like he's got 110 goals for Montreal, and you say, boy, you'd like to have something. What's going on there? Why is that? What, what is is are we is a reason to be concerned that we're you know this is late February, pal. We got to get going a little bit, yeah. don't we? No, we do, for sure. This team's got to get going. Max Domi's got to get going. I mean, he's going to find himself on, on the fourth line tonight. Uh, he's going to be bumped off the top unit. He's going to be on the second unit on the power play. Um, they're waiting on him. You know, he came here as a centerman, and it's not worked out there, so they simplify his game and put him on the wing. Um, yeah, I don't. He, he's definitely got to be a, a factor, and there's a lot of games that go by where – you don't have the impact there, and, and it seems like it's, uh, you know, you wait for the next shift and hope he gets going. But, you know, maybe this will help him. Maybe he gets on the fourth line. Maybe he just plays that straight ahead game he's got to. Uh, but pieces like that have got to rise here because you're right, oh, this Blue Jackets team can't wait much longer. Nashville, they took two teams, two games from the Blue Jackets early in the season. The Blue Jackets have got to even up this series because Nashville is kind of at the bottom. They're not playing well at all. And if you want to stay above the line and in the hunt, you've got to take series from those lesser teams. So this is find your game tonight. It's got to, It's not just get a win. they got to find their game. Find that emotional, well-played system that we're so used to them playing. And we expect them to play. I mean, the standard is high. We, we expect them to be much better than what they are. Yeah, Jody, do you expect that? I mean, are, are, would you say that you think that they need to sweep the Preds here in the next two to, to feel good about the direction or is it more like because it's hard right you want you want them to find their game but hell you don't want them to find their game in another loss <laughs> right you don't want them to be like well at least they found their game but they took the l um you know so yeah. do, do you think it's time to say like no they got a nashville is not a, a good hockey team right now if you want to be a team that's in the playoffs and and you know you already have played more games than a lot of the teams that are up above you or even right around you so are you are you comfortable saying that they need to get two out of two here against nashville I, I feel that way. I, I do. But I also feel that this team needs to cruise through the rest of February and March. This needs to be a force. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not focused on just – of course, I'd like to see them beat Nashville. I think it's imperative. I think you're going to see two urgent hockey teams tonight. Because Nashville's looking – they're nine points out right now. They're, you know what I mean? They, if they don't get yeah. it going, there's going to be a fire sale there, and they know it. So, on the Blue Jackets, they, they understand that they lost two to Nashville. That's the narrative. So, you're going to see an urgent game. 
But I'd like to see the end of February and the, and the March, the blue jackets that we're used to seeing. And George will get them going. And, then, you know, he'll have guys out of the lineup. Stenlin's a guy that won't get out of the lineup now because he's doing the right thing and playing that hockey. And if you recall last year, they sputtered at the start until they had injuries. And Gerby and Stenlin and all these guys that we didn't know came in and brought that uh, straight-ahead hockey, hard back-checking, and that's when they got going. So who knows what has to happen, but it has to happen here soon as far as getting that emotion and those guys that will do it no matter what in the lineup. Joe, do you look at the next seven? Nashville twice here, Chicago twice here. That's the next two weeks. Then you're going to Nashville for two and then Detroit, which is kind of the rare just one-off game against Detroit. That's your next seven. Hay needs okay. to go in the barn, does it not, my friend? It does. It does. And which one of those excites you? Honestly, it's not yeah. Tampa. You know what I mean? You're not getting the Rangers. No. You're not getting the Penguins. You're getting yep. these teams, Chicago. So they've got to realize that no matter what, hay in the barn, points on the board, they, they, they now have to find it. And, and don't be surprised if they don't find it in this two-game set. You'll see new bodies in the lineup. That's, what, that's the currency they have, and that's what they had to go to last year, and, and it brought them what they needed. Their simple identity. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. And by the way, folks, again, just to reiterate, read the Porty piece. We're lucky okay. to have you. Thanks, I remember man. the first awesome. first time I saw you on TV with Rim, I'm, I'm like, that dude, that guy's network. <laughs> you are such a natural. You've been. It's a joy to know you. It's a joy to have you on, and it's great that we've had you for 20 years, my friend. We love you. Well, that's extremely kind. Thank you. I, I appreciate the kind words. You guys have a great day. I, I'm, I'm lucky, he, dude. He's he's one of the best. He's he's our guys. Jody Shelley, a little bit of Shelley time on a Thursday. We hit three things up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on the fan. Every time Common Man starts to yell, there's always a chance he strokes out. So that's something, I guess. Common Man and T-Bone. Weekdays from 3 to 6. The Fan. Their favorite sport is berating their producer. You just sat there for 10 minutes. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. Well, it did happen. Adam Schefter with this. Philadelphia has agreed to trade Carson Wentz to the Colts in exchange for a 2021 third-round pick and a conditional 22 second-round pick that could turn into a first. So, look, it was the only place, threes, right? Mm. That's it. There's nowhere else. That's the spot. It solves solves Philadelphia. There was no going back, so it solves that. Um, And now Indianapolis, right knows, right? If anyone can get it out of him, it would be him. That would be the guy. So mm. uh, that's that deal is done, my friend. Well, um, I mean, you can you can at least they asked for the Matt Stafford deal, right? <laughs> they asked, right? At least they asked. Yeah. Ah, yeah. It was worth a shot. You don't know unless you ask, right? You can uh, certainly certainly <laughs> ask. May not always receive, but you I can love ask. Bill, Bill Landis's uh, tweet on it is pretty strong, or basically for just a shrimp cocktail at St. Elmo's. <laughs> This is similar. Very, very similar. Yeah. Yep. All right. Time for three things on a Thursday. Hit it, Bodie. One, two, one, two, three things with Bishop and Laurinaitis. Sponsored by Custom Air. Custom Air. Custom Solutions. Custom Comfort. Number one for me, and all of these will have to do with um, uh, the new HBO Max kids section. So not only do they have Looney Tunes, but they have Scooby-Doo, like the full run. So I haven't seen any of these since uh, since I was a kid. This was my favorite cartoon when I was a kid. And I was watching this morning with Bootsy, and I just had a couple of questions. And so I'll I'll, I'll ask them to you, the audience, in three things, and maybe you can provide a little bit of insight. Number one, uh, what was Fred's deal? Was he like a trust fund kid? 
Like, everybody listened to him. He was the boss. He really never had to do dirty work. He just kind of told everybody what to do. And he got to date Daphne. My, my <laughs> sense is that he had to have... There had to be the a ton, he had to be a trust fund kid. That had to be the way that that worked because he doesn't work, right? He doesn't work. He yeah. just solves mysteries. He got he's got a really good looking girlfriend. Owns a dog. Couple of hangers on. Feel like he's got to be a trust fund baby. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. No. Uh, my first thing, and boy, where does time grow? No, nothing like a child. Remy James is a month today, and you just are like what? I feel like we just brought her home. Boy. What is happening? Um, and you know this from 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 being a yep. dad. Like nothing makes you realize how fleeting time is. Like your children. Yep. My first thing. Can I actually kind of continue the theme in a weird way? I guess a little bit there, James. My first and most important thing is a super super happy birthday to my mom. She is. Literally the greatest mom on this earth. I don't know what I would do without her. I wouldn't be here, that's for sure, and literally and figuratively. Uh, just just a happy birthday to my mom. She's the best mom in the world. I love her to death, so hope she has a good one today. Good job out of you. Number two. So, uh, and I love Scooby. I mean, he's my guy. He's my guy. <laughs> but if you're going to spend the majority of your time in a van, is a Great Dane the best choice? No. I mean, that's a cramped circumstance. Like, that's, a how big, did, that's a big dog. He's he's able to sprint all the time and run yeah. from various phantoms and werewolf zombies and all of this. But he's he's in that van, and I just don't know if he's able to stride out the way that you'd want to. I don't listen, know if that was the could, best choice. I don't listen, know who great, owned Scooby. No. But not the best dog choice, probably. Great Dane is not the best choice because, look, you can still get speed and agility with a smaller dog like a Weimreiner, um, yeah. much smaller, you know. Um, I, I think you could, if you wanted to go Visla, even, you could go even smaller, sure. athletic speed. Uh, Rhodesian Ridgeback, even. Sure. I mean, there's a lot of choices. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure AR has about 15 more he could name off the top of his head. Yeah. But I'm yeah. with you. I'm with you there. Um, my the second thing. Yeah, you're right. It, it really was. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, my, my neighbor has two Mastiffs that they walk, and I'm just like, that, those are big suckers, man. My goodness, <laughs> are they big dogs. Anyway. Those are big dogs. Um, yeah. Um, my second thing, look, the, the death of Vincent Jackson really struck me. I remember playing against the Buccaneers when he was there. Um, we actually played the Buccaneers the day that, my, uh, that London was born, and uh, intercepted a deep comeback that he was running, actually ran right up under it but when you when when you hear of people that have that are passing away and you realize the like this is somebody from the outside that you thought everything was fine like the charity work um, was involved around the buccaneers really involved in the community and and to see the stuff coming out of it just check on your people that's it man just check on your people and don't assume just because they might be posting something on social or whatever that they're posting their highlights that everything's all right when you ask somebody how they're doing really ask them like really how are you like not just hey how you doing you know and really really get and, and, and try to get people to open up on how they're doing and, and just care for one another as well said James my second thing the uh, Urban Meyer era got off to a little bit of a bumpy start this past weekend with the whole Chris Doyle news but 
on a more positive note, I thought it got off to a better start yesterday when they announced that they would be changing their home uniforms permanently to the teal uniforms. I think those are much better than those black that they wore. I think the teal actually is kind of cool. It's like a little bit different. Most teams don't really have that color. Not too many teams wear that color. I'd kind of like to see them go back to the ones that actually had like the leaping Jaguar on the shoulder pad. I always thought those were kind of cool, but good job by the Jags. I think those are a much better uniform to rock. Well, it's smart to re- and just like the Bengals are doing with the new stripes campaign. When you have a franchise quarterback that you draft, do get the uniforms right because you're going to sell a lot of them. Uh, number three for me on Scooby Doo, couple. It's a two parter. Shaggy's a good hang man. Takes care of dogs. Doesn't really have any interest in the trouble. Like they keep Velma, Fred. They keep throwing him into the trouble. Shaggy really has no interest in it, and yet he's got Scoob's back on a lot of this stuff. He's going into rooms with him. He's not asking questions. He's getting in there. He's loyal. Mostly though, just wants to chill out, stay out of trouble, and eat snacks. Like he's a he's a good hang. In addition to this, Daphne holds up. She holds up. <laughs> Still strong. My third thing, uh, look, I've had this snow thrower of mine since uh, my rookie year in the NFL, um, and this is by far the most I've ever used it in Ohio. By far. Not even close. Yeah. I can remember using it like tw- twice when we lived at Ballantrae, um, right when I got drafted. Other than that, through the winter, I can't think of a time, like just more frequently, you know, consistent days of snow, and the snow sticking, Bo. Like, snow doesn't stick this long here. It's not going anywhere, It's usually man. rain, yeah. you know, and it's, usually it's so it's anyway. Yeah, usually it's gone. So this is this is the first time it's really felt like home for me, you know? The snow has broken me. If it snows anymore, I, I don't know if I can handle it. <laughs> it You'll be totally fine. You'll be fine. you got to live. you got to go experience this. <laughs> you live in Ohio, Bodie. Be a winter, winter fighter. Last one for me. We talked about this just a little bit earlier. Uh, the Tatis Jr., 14 years, $340 million. It's hard to believe when you think, like, God, 14 years from now, you start thinking about how long that is. But more importantly, shout out to Bobby Bonilla. He will still get, be getting paid from the Mets that $1 million every year on July 1st, one year after the Tatis Jr. contract. So good job out of him. Beautiful. Unreal. That's Unreal. A really good it's only 100 something million after taxes, by the way. So it's really not all that much. <laughs> I love when people say that. It's only this after, yeah, what would I, well, now what am I going to buy? If I only have that. Yeah. Rothman and Ice up next. We're back tomorrow. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware.